Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, this this was such a great week with the live podcast. Uh, everybody coming out, I really appreciate it. It was a really really fun time and just a wonderful night with the guests. And I, I'm excited to put that out on Friday. But today, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to this, uh, is Eddie Pepitone, who I just got to know so much better when we were together in Melbourne doing shows. And he's just one of my absolute favorite people. And this is a great episode. I'm very, very excited about it. So let's get to it. Let's get this out of the way. The tour dates. Uh, you, I'm coming to Miami Beach this weekend. Uh, one show on April 20th uh, for the South Beach Comedy Festival. Look that up uh, if you want to come out to that. That should be fun. Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm going to be at the Moon Terror Comedy Fest. That's April 24th through the 27th. There's a live You Made It Weird on that Wednesday at Moon Tower. So I hope to see some Austin weirdos. Cleveland, Ohio, one night at the Grog Shop, May 16th. Washington, D.C., this was just added, coming back to the 930 Club on May 22nd. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we finally rescheduled that. My Philly weirdos, sorry about that. Helium Comedy Club, May 23rd through 25th. Speaking of cancellations, we are rescheduling Calgary. Sorry, Canadian weirdos. Um, something important came up and we had to reschedule that. Uh, Bloomington, Indiana remains, however. Limestone Comedy Festival, I'll be there June 7th and 8th doing shows with Doug Benson. Uh, the best way to email me these days is through the Facebook page, facebook.com slash weird. I've been checking that a lot more than weird at nerdist.com. And the sponsor is still Bonobos. This is new. If you're not familiar with them, it's a men's apparel brand with an online and offline presence. And they got to focus on fit of clothes and customer service. They've got everything. Chinos, which are pants, denim, casual shirts, casual shirts, casual desserts, they don't have those, suits, blazers, and it's real simple, they want to make better fitting clothes that are both stylish and comfortable, nothing itchy, nothing unnatural, nice, crisp, nice, cool, good, look, feel, good, Bonobos, all you got to do is go to bonobos.com, buy stuff, we got free returns for weirdos, and we got 20% off for weirdos, 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 just type in uh, Pete at the uh, checkout and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. Or set up a guide shop, which is a uh, personal shopping uh, appointment that you can also make. Bonobos.com. B-O-N-O, like Bono. B-O-S, like B-O-S. B-O Railroad. Like Bo- Bono's Bonobos. That's my friend Patrick Walsh. He tweeted that. Bono's Bonobos. Anyway, that's how you can remember it. Bonobos.com. That's it, everybody. Enjoy. T-shirts at youmadeitweird.com. New episodes of You Made It Movies are coming out. The uh, Doug Benson Almost Famous episode just came out. Just search You Made It Weird on iTunes and you'll see all the movies I've been watching with my friends and doing commentary uh, that I hope you guys enjoy. That's it. Eddie Pepitone, get into it. Can I use the bathroom real quick? Yeah, you, can, you know where the green one is, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, can use that one. you have to include that. That moment. That? <laughs> <laughs> what are you eating? I just saw it in your mouth. <laughs> Raw chocolate. You know that by now. I got you a cookie. You want to sit on mic? Everybody always wants you to be on the show. Which I refuse. Never will we unveil the mystery that is you. What kind of cookie? Oh, oh. Yeah, they look good. What is that? They're from the vegan place. It looks like there's vegetables in them or something. What are the vegan? Elderberries. Elderberries. You just called the vegan place? That's what it's called, though. 
Yeah. Elderberries. I've made fun of them. I've shat on how long it takes. Oh, I went there to get you that coffee once, and it took like 10 minutes. And it was just a plain iced coffee. There was nothing in it. I've been there before. <laughs> this is shitty. We're giving them a plug. Well, they're good food. It's good. It's worth waiting. Yeah. It's much better coffee. It's vegan. This is a good vegan cookie. Good vegan cookies. I'm not hearing. Oh, I'm turning up the wrong one. No, I'm not. You Which should one be is three. I, I, blah, blah, oh, blah. yeah, I am. Anyway, Eddie's a vegan. Although every meal I've sat down with him, he ate like pork and cheese. Isn't there dairy in that or is it almond? That's almond. They don't have milk. They don't have rape milk. I'm allergic to milk. Is that what they... I didn't mean to make a rape joke right up top, but no. don't, don't they call milk rape? I don't know. Meat is murder and milk is rape. Maybe. I'm allergic to it. I don't know. I don't eat it. Did you watch Mad Men? The new one? Yeah. What's going on there? When, don't spoil it. Well, when Betty made nope. that one comment... Even that. I'll cut that out. You don't have to cut I did it out. want to talk to you about that. It was kind I'm of meaning the, to talk to you about that. It was awkward. It was kind weird. of the best part. It was weird. Best by being weird is we already made a rape joke. <laughs> oh great! No, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Kids are doing. Am I here? Kids, are, kids are doing the, that sort of thing. Yep, these are yours. I think so. I think How are you, Eddie? I'm good. You know. Something's wrong. Really? Yeah, I can feel it. Oh, I'm going to face you. You're into all my spiritual stuff, so we're going to face navels. Hello, hello. Yeah. No, nothing's wrong, Peter. I um... Feeling a weird energy. Really? Well, we could talk No, about not it. in a bad way. Yeah. No. Tell me what's going on. I got you a vegan cookie. You did? Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> oh, don't... My you, whole thing people is People get just... real mad if you eat it on the air. I want you to know that. Oh, they don't want to hear that this, shit. Yeah. Here's a straw for your coffee that I put almond milk in. And you got me a fucking coffee, too? Yeah. I'm a gentleman. Dude, thank you. No no fucking problem. No, my thing, <laughs> my thing lately, and, and I'd imagine you, you deal with this too, is just uh, doing sex a sex symbol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just juggle a lot of things between podcast shows, real work, um, <laughs> well, relationship. I, understand. I, understand. I just feel stressed. Like I have people sending me scripts. I have people asking me to do. And then Karen, honey, but you said we're going to the thing tonight. And then yeah. I have that. I just it's find too it much. stressful. Ordinary life, even though we're in show business, other people work. And yeah. other people have jobs that are multifaceted. And I should be happy because I have a lot going on. But, yeah, but instead, you know what? I'm not... Look, I'm all for being grateful, but then there's also... I'm all for being grateful is a good bumper sticker. <laughs> I'm all true. for being grateful, but is the bumper sticker. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Well, that's the feeling, isn't it? Look, there's a lot you should be grateful for. I Actually, one of my favorite things to do with my show business friends is to green light their agony. <laughs> you will be in a position to do that for real now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But it's true because you have people that uh, I just don't want to be. Look, I, I think success should be a time of feeling fucking good. Yes, but it's stressful too. Of course it is. And why wouldn't it be? Right, but I think in my head I always thought that the answer to my problems was to be more in demand, and that's not true. No, you're the same guy. Yeah, it's... it's you know what? I'm going to tell you something that I think is great. Yeah. Who, for, who told me this? Uh, Dust, uh, not Dustin, fucking... I'm Duncan. Duncan Trussell. Dustin. Dustin Trussell. Dustin Trussell, his brother who's <laughs> completely a spiritual. <laughs> And not into any kind of conspiracy thing at all. 
<laughs> he believes the, the bottom line story. Bottom line, he just watches a, a NASDAQ ticker tape all day. <laughs> Dustin Trussell. Dustin Trussell. <laughs> He's in suspenders. He only talks to Dustin on that. I don't give a damn about portals to another time in reality. Get me the Dow Jones. Yeah. we get, can't. I can't even do it. can't even do it. What's the number? What's the NASDAQ average? Hold on, hold on, Dust. Hold on, Duncan. <laughs> what do you mean corn futures are down? I'll rip your fucking lungs out if they don't come back up. All right. What were you saying about Ram Dass? Yeah. What were you saying about Ram Dass? <laughs> I'm exactly. totally listening as you're on I'm a treadmill. I'm totally I'm listening. I'm with you, baby. I'm with you. He's got a scotch on the treadmill. <laughs> Of course. Of course he does. I, uh, Duncan told me this, which is great. Which is I, He didn't make it up, but uh, it's the idea that we have uh, the, the, fil- the movie screen and the projector. And right. sometimes the problem, our anxiety or our woe, which you and I have bonded over, having just gotten back from Melbourne. Are we taping? Yeah. <laughs> We're not? Yes, we are. Oh, this is good. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Good. I don't want to begin. It's like stand-up. No, when do you begin? Yeah. How do you begin? Hey, folks, how you folks doing? Folks, uh, well, there's a strawberry scare out there. <laughs> there's a strawberry scare. I'm out there! <laughs> I'm trying to get the strawberries! And it's a message of hope and love and fruit flavor! And there's bees on them! People slowly walking out of the theater. Uh, He's too loud. Uh, not loud enough, I say. No, one's uh, be- not loud enough. No one's better than Edward Eddie oh, Pepitone. Uh, so we got the movie screen, and then we got the projector. And sometimes we go yeah. up to the movie screen, and we we try and wipe the spot on the movie screen. But really, you have to go inside to the projection room and clean the lens. Oh, oh, how you're seeing it. I yes. What I'm definitely. saying. So I'm saying is that you're saying like we gotta we gotta fix this movie screen. But sometimes, but you're the king of going inside. So I don't know. No, I say I am because that's a nice little riff to get into for sure. me. But I realize that. Um, the defenses that I have built up my entire life are just so hard to knock down. Like, to change that perception, to change that lens is absolutely um, really, really difficult to do. As much as I, like, I'm, I'm this guy who loves to say, oh, I meditate. I know you do. And I know um, that you love to say that you meditate. I do say that, and... You know, it's it's so fucking difficult, first of all, to keep that as a discipline. Um, second of all, to think, to to feel like it's changing you. You know what the key to life to me has been lately that I've been realizing? Green lighting the, grief? <laughs> that's your thing. Uh, is the big word that comes to me these days is patience. Oh. To be patient with Whatever process you're going through, like like lately I have to be patient with my stressed out self. I just have to... You have to be patient with yourself. To be patient with myself. And uh, my friend said to me, Eddie, just fucking let yourself feel stressed out. You see, here's the thing that I do that's fucked up is that I get stressed out, which isn't... That's okay. That's You can get stressed out, but then I judge that. Yeah. And then you get more then you yeah. then you make the stressed outness worse because you're judging the stressed outness then that that Compounds. eventually yeah so if you could just let yourself be well, with that's whatever what you're tra- feeling that's what i was trying to t- tell you to do similar i was just like sometimes it's okay sometimes you'll have the greatest day in the world and you'll just be like, but I just don't feel great. And sometimes mm. it's okay to go it's like... It's like what you said in Australia, which I love. What? Pete did this thing in Australia where he went to see 
koalas. And he just then, you know, told the audience that night. He goes, you know, I saw koalas. I felt nothing. And I found that the funniest thing because my wife has been was all over me. She was like, my "You wife. gotta see the koalas." <laughs> Sorry, you gotta <laughs> see the koalas. You gotta see the koalas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual line which you love so much was, "I do say I felt nothing," but the the opener was, "You ever look at something and just wish it meant more?" <laughs> yes. And that's how I feel when I look at fireworks. Look, I'm here. To, I am here to say fireworks. I, fireworks are one of those things that you look the at way, the colors in the sky. It, but and you're it's like, just a great ah, metaphor. Ah. It's just a great way to talk about what. I'm talking about is I thought success not that I'm a major success but I thought success would be just like end of all problems yeah but that never ends yeah what what you have to do is just work on on uh, Scientology (laughs) work through Dianetics by the way that's why all these things these crazy things like Scientology will always exist will always exist because because there's a need Totally. I'm sorry. I just love finishing your. Stuff. I know. It's like, <laughs> I'm just. I, I just slowly like leave the podcast and you finish it up. <laughs> like, I think that should be a good feeling. That I'm so we're navally synced and I'm on board with you. Uh, one thing that I wanted to tell, and then let's talk about Melbourne a little bit, which is really where we got to know each other, hmm. um, which was wonderful for me. You, you know, yeah. I just find you so fucking funny. And then, like, also on stage, of course, I was dying. Me and Berbiglia were in the back, and I'm hitting the wall, drawing really? glares. I re- I said this on stage recently. I laugh so loudly, children look at me. Ah, yes! Like, what the, you were talking about problem? that. We were talking about the restaurant where, was it laugh so loudly, where children look at yeah. you askew? Like, yeah. come on, pal. <laughs> come on. Children. <laughs> that is funny. Vessels of un- ungirdled joy look at me going, like, rain it in a little rain bit. Rain it in. They sense a falseness about it. Aha, like, come on. <laughs> now, they're, they're embodiments of joy, and they look at you, and they, and they go, come on, at that age, uh, there should not. Uh, imagine that if they were that discerning. That so smart. At that age. I'm not buying it. I'm no, not buying it. Not I've buying heard it. I've heard an involuntary giggle of that caliber and it doesn't feel like when you laugh. I don't but care the thing for is it. is that comedians like like there's something about when comedians see comedians and when they hit a certain button with them, oh yeah, it's just like, like yeah, like it just Well, it was great because it was the first night you were in town. Oh, that's right. And and you and that's that's the be- me and Michael Shea went in front of you. Yeah. And we did well. And then you went on, and your opener was about how you're backstage going, I don't want them getting laughs! Why are they getting those laughs? Like, I'm a caged animal! I mean, let me out at those laughs! I was like, that's exactly how I feel backstage. That's how everybody feels backstage. But nobody says that. Nobody says, like, That liberated me I don't want my openers to get laughs. But of course you don't. Well, I was able to say that because I like you guys. Yeah, sure. And And we already had done well. And you guys had done well. And... I really was feeling that intensely, and that's the thing about closing a show, but also the space we were in, it wasn't a space where you could go somewhere and not hear the act, because then you could yeah. pretend, then you could get into that space of like, oh, they're doing poorly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or who knows how? Who it's knows going. how they're doing? It's, it's but not. I don't care because I'm here with my little book, going through my jokes. But I heard you guys getting big laughs, yeah, yeah, and yeah. my crazy mind then thinks, and this is you know a definite problem with me is that I, instead of believing in abundance, that there's an abundance of laughs, I think there's only so many laughs right. that an audience has. Well, that's has. a spiritual teaching right there, isn't it? 
<clears throat> yes, it is. I'm just saying that's one of one of your Eckhart Tolle things. I'm not saying you got it from him necessarily. It just sounds like a page from one of those books that I also enjoy. You're in a safe space. You're not being judged. You're with friends. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying the idea of rem- it fucking the idea works. Of abundance, it works to remind yourself that there's an abundance. You know what I mean? It, to say there's a, an abundance of love, I find it helpful to remind yourself that all the love you need is inside of you already. That's a good one. I couldn't sleep the other night, and I just repeated that to myself. Did that Did that put you to sleep? No, I'm really. <laughs> No, no. I wound up. I wound up eating cookies and masturbating no. to a, a horrific thing. <laughs> Janet Reno. By the way, I am so crazy that I I'll be repeating some kind of mantra to myself like peace or surrender. You I just, love the word. You just surrender. told me surrender. That's right. Surrender that is a beautiful thing. word. But and then I'll get into a beautiful space. Yeah. I'll get into a space. But then how come a half hour later? I then do go to a pornography website, yeah. and then what happens is then I start to doubt myself yeah. and my convictions yeah. and all that, you know? But, I, I mean, you, I, wouldn't you just say you only have that moment? In that moment, it's working or whatever, and then mm-hmm. in the next moment, unfortunately, we're, ca- we're trapped in these meat computers. In these what? Meat computers. That's a what Duncan said. Meat, meat spaceships. Oh, these bodies. God. I don't like the word meat computer, meat spaceship. Yeah, neither of those do it for you. Yeah. I, you know what? Because, because it's too horrible. real. Yeah, they're horrible. Well, it's, it is very real. I love that part in the third Matrix. That's never been said. Where agent... <laughs> where I don't eight, know the third Matrix. It doesn't matter. Meaning it doesn't matter in a grand scheme, but it also doesn't matter. I'll yeah. tell you. What happens is one of the computers... Oh, God, this is stupid. But do you remember in the Matrix to get back into the real world, they pick up the phone? I don't. Okay. I saw The Matrix, and I remember because I'm one of these guys who, when something is really popular, like I go, "Ah, I did that with Train Spotting. I was like, I'm not not seeing it. Everybody says it's so good. Fuck you. Still haven't seen it. Oh, but when Danny Boyle ran the Olympics this year, I was like, I'm gonna go back and check out Trains. Is he the last guy, the murder guy? Is he what? Is that the murder guy with the legs? Danny Boyle? I don't know. Is the famous director who did Train Spotting and also got all these kudos for doing the opening of the Olympics in London, which was taking people through the history of. Oh, okay. Wow, you didn't do that, huh? I told you I'm uninformed. That's You really are, but it's amazing. It's amazing, though. You're uninformed, yet you're on top of everything. And (laughs) and that's a pretty cool thing. (laughs) I guess. That'd be funny. Uh, Hi, I'm If you were a news guy, hi, I'm Pete Holmes and Top Story Tonight. I'm feeling this way. And you just go. Go into what you're feeling. Uh, that's kind of what this show is. <laughs> well, I know that, but yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. funny if it was for MSNBC. No, I understand. I understand. And like, let's say North Korea is our about leading to launch. story today. Yes, our leading story today is what's that smell in my fridge? <laughs> it confused me, and it reminded me of how we're all decaying. And I went into a spiral because I'm a meat computer, Eddie Pepitone with more. And people are just just riveted <laughs> by it. I don't like the term meat computer. I'm out there. My, all my riffs of you are about being out there on stage giving. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm out here giving. And I love you stare doing at me. I love doing that. I love when you do that. I couldn't watch you too much because I started doing it because there's nobody, <laughs> there's, there's nobody more fun. Okay, going back to the Matrix, actually, nicely about going Go to somebody else. Matrix, yeah. The point is uh, Agent Smith, who's a pr- computer program. This is all mm-hmm. you need to know. So mm-hmm. there's the fake reality, which is the Matrix. And I left Agent Smith. I, I mean, he wasn't doing anything for I me. I know. He fucking give him 10% for <laughs> what? What's he spending it on? All those suits? <laughs> the point is, is a computer yeah. program gets put into a human body. That's all you need to know. In okay. the third Matrix, he's 
uh, instead of a soul, a computer yeah. program goes inside. Yeah. And he's like, I have no idea how you get used to the smell of your own decaying flesh. Like, he can smell it. We don't smell it. We're used to it. And he's just like, I'm so trapped inside of this just decaying meat, basically. And I was like, this is, you know, the movie is kind of a piece of shit, but that was a good point. Yeah. That yeah. we all are in meat computers and meat spaceships, and yeah. we all act like we're not. Yes. And then I think a lot of your comedy is, uh, you know, screaming and yelling. It, you're almost like primal scream therapy. You know, I have know. you heard of primal scream therapy? Yes, I have. Have you yes, ever done I... it? You're just like every night at UCB. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's you know sometimes for me it is cathartic to yeah, to, of course to, it is. to do that you know like that rant I got into the first night which was so we're all staving off death you think like I was yelling at the audience yeah. so you come to this show yeah. and you think you're gonna stave off death because yeah. you've seen three funny guys yeah 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 and like I can't die the show's going on. <laughs> you know what I really exactly. related to, and I've said this on the show before, is the idea. I'm, I'm somebody said I should call this. I'm repeating myself. Okay, there we go. Is that uh, I'm repeat, Pete? Is the idea that I one time ordered an an iPad in the mail, and I went. I remember I had the thought clear as day. These yeah. are the types of thoughts you have, and then you swipe them away. Normally, I think, like an iPad screen, you swipe it. I, away. I know another computer thing. I ordered the iPad, and as I ordered it, I go, I can't die. That iPad's coming. Literally, true? because it put an event in the future, the iPad arriving. Yeah. And then I was like, surely I'll live to see that iPad. Future events. Are you serious? Birth. What was going on with I, you? No, nor- that- normal day. Normal, normal day. day. That's what I'm saying. Plans in the future. Is death very much in in, in your mind? Don't, don't you think interview me. <laughs> 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 I will let you do it. I will let you do it. I'm just saying, I want to know if you relate to it. I, I'm going to say, let's start with the hypothesis, that all future plans, at least a percentage of the joy of me saying, Eddie, mm-hmm. today's what, Friday? Mm-hmm. I'll see you on Sunday for brunch. I'm going right. to say 13% of the fun of that is going... You won't be dead on Sunday. Yeah. I'm betting eggs on it. <laughs> God, this is a free podcast. Did you know that people don't have to pay to listen to this? Well, I think the big <laughs> the big one of that what you're talking about is people having kids. I oh, think yeah, that yeah, yeah. I think that is without a doubt, you know, here we are talking about we're going to have brunch that keeps us alive, but People well, to me, yeah. like I've never had kids, so I always attack people who do have kids and uh, attack them. I'm, I, 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 I just kind of analyze it, and no, I think a lot of people. is the right word. Is it? Stay a, with attack. To me, a lot of people have kids because they're so fucking frightened of their mortality. And that, well, why do we give them the, my fucking, bro- oh, my fucking brother, my brother's fucking name is my father's first name. And I'm not saying that's stupid or judging it, but right. what's more obvious than John Holmes gives birth to John Holmes? Are you listening <laughs> to me? It's not going to keep why, the- do, why don't we name everything in our apartment our names <laughs> or our father's names? Wait. Pass to John Holmes. He's <laughs> a porn star, by the way. I know. That's my I'm grandfather. Sure uh, we call him Shorty in my family. That's the family joke. It's a big dick joke. But yeah. Um, but So having children, you have the kid, and then you go, look, I'm not dead. There's my DNA. 
there's there's my DNA. But that's and, all- but also it's like, well, I gotta be. I have to be alive for this kid. I have to take care of this kid. There you go. And I think that's the big thing: is we have to take. I gotta do that. I gotta take care of these things. I I got stuff I ha- to do. I remember a friend of mine had said she was an anxiety queen, actress, New York, like fucking anxiety queen. She wound up moving here and having three children. And she's okay now. I mean, I thought she was going to go way off the rails into La La Land. Yeah. Three kids. She's totally grounded. She's fucking doing all this shit. But she needed those kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people need kids. And I consider myself braver than the people that have children. Like, I consider myself, and this is why my act is like this, that I am facing my existential time on this planet just Un- unarmed with that <laughs> unarmed without little Eddies or Dolores's, whatever I would name. Yeah, I would yeah. name probably my, Margaret, Margaret, Let's Millie, so like old timey can... names. Mabel would be my kids. This is Agnes, <laughs> Agnes, baby Mabel. Agnes. <laughs> this is Ruth. Ruth is a good one. <laughs> no, you you say that in your act. It goes to your sobriety where you say, mm-hmm. "I want to feel and be present." For all of this horror. You know what, though? I say that, but uh, I can only take so much of it before... You're jerking off to porn. I'm jerking off to porn or watch... There's many, many ways to escape. Even though I'm sober, I escape into sports sometimes. Like, I zone out when I'm watching baseball. It's this horrifically boring sport, and and I'm like, oh, the Yankees, they're my team. And they're like my children. That's my team. That's my child. This is, this is the childless super fan in the stands who's cutting himself because of Game 6. I'm glad. I th- I, Katie, I thought of a sports Nice. Day. Game 6. Game Sometimes six. there's a Game 7. It depends. Game, game never seven. a Game 8. You'll never hear You'll of a Game ne- 8. Good for you. Yeah. There are no Game 8s. Six, six outs in an inning. <laughs> it's true because each team gets I just see you with a sports coach at home and you only meet him three to four in the morning. All right. There's nine innings again. And he just drills you. Four quarters in football. Like in Dave, where they made him be the president. They go, Secretary yes, of Staff. Yes. This guy, yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, ah, like, like Joe Tuchelli. What's the name of the fucking manager of the Yankees? I don't know. Tori. Joe Tori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. And and you just bone up on sports. Yeah. At, but it's only three or four in the morning. Yes. And All uh, you need is, what am I, Bill Buckner in the 86 World Series? <laughs> there you go. What, what am I? That's what am I? Well, you know what people forget, though? What people forget about Buckner was there was another game. They lost the next game. They could have won. They could have redeemed their friend. You got that one down. I got Well, I'm from Boston. You have to know oh, that okay. one. I felt so bad for Bill Buckner. That's why I can't like sports. I get. I feel too much sympathy. I, I know I'm sounding. Is that right? I get. I feel yeah. bad. I want the pitcher to do well and the, and the hitter the way, to do and, well. And, and, and that means <laughs> can't we all win? But, but I love the means, Special Olympics. That means that's a healthy thing, I think, because I realize my love of sports is an unhealthy competitive thing. Like I'm living vicariously through them because I want them to beat these teams. Right. Like, like to me, my life, and this fucks me up. I have a scorecard in my head: winner, loser. Mm. You're a winner, you're a loser. And I'm doing this to myself, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, okay, today I won. Oh, God. Tomorrow looks like a loss. That was a funnier thing that you said to me. We were on the plane, and and I was telling you about what it was like filming my pilot. And I was like, oh, "Oh, it was great. It's like you're a comedy emperor. You say, I I like that image. I want this. I want this. And and it all all shows up, and you get to play with it. But I I loved this about you. It wasn't a weird thing. You went, I'm going to go to sleep because I'm tired, (laughs) and I can't handle this. I can't handle this. 
Yeah, yeah. I couldn't handle uh, that you had that much power. Yeah. And that you will be having that much you, power. You said it in real time. And I like you a lot. I like know. Guys you, that I don't like oh I hear, God. and I hear they get things. Uh, like big things or whatever. And well, famously I, uh, in the movie, you shit a little bit on Aziz. I do. I do. Ah. I, I, I don't know if you heard me say, but I say on stage, I say when someone calls me on that because they've seen the movie, usually during the Q&As, they go, uh, has there been any uh, you know, feedback from Aziz? And I go, well, you know, that guy has struggled in this business for hours. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I hope he isn't angry at me. But it's in real time you say these things. And yeah. that, that I found that delightful and refreshing that I was like, oh, I believe Eddie doesn't really like that. He's like, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, no. I don't, you know, doing comedy, by the way, like the funniest shit is to me is telling the truth. But it's interesting because you're on stage and it's like, you know what happens to me is that when I'm really funny, I think, is like when I'm, when I come on stage and say, I'm a, I didn't want Pete and Michael to get all these laughs. I'm right. a caged animal. That, to me, I hook into my funny because I hook into how I'm really feeling. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the truth what? is so fucking funny. But then what happens to me is that I have all these sensors in my head, too, that say, don't say this. You're going to hurt your career. Uh, don't say this. You're going to hurt these people. But that's what makes it such a relief for you to speak the truth. That's and maybe true. that's what makes the I wish stage... I could do it more. Now, how are you with that? You seem what? to be... Saying the truth in life? Yeah. In, in, on stage. On stage. But about life. But that's why the stage, and I'm going to put this back to you, mm-hmm. is the safe place. That's that wonderful – it's almost like a split personality disorder is where these guys <laughs> yes. that like – I know. <laughs> and actually doing this podcast is an effort for, for my truth-telling on stage and in this podcast, which is also an extension of that yeah. side of myself, to bleed into all of my life where it will just become absurd to not say what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Because uh, I will merge and morph and, and twist and, and contort to be what I think somebody wants me to be, be it a girlfriend or a parent or Yeah, uh, that's my problem too. But then on stage, you go up. That's what makes it fun. There's no rubber band snap action with Eddie Pepitone unless we're twisting him all day. Right. All goddamn day, we're shaking up that Diet Coke with the Mentos. <laughs> and then on stage, we open it. Yeah. And we're watching with you and me. I'm sorry to include myself in this compliment, but we're watching a man resolve yeah. a lot of hours in 15 minutes. A lot exactly. of hours of, of, of secret exactly. comments in your brain, exactly. secret arguments with yourself, secret arguments yeah. with other people. Yeah. The feeling that you open this podcast with where it's like, I'm butter spread over too much bread, to quote the Lord of the Rings. I'm, I'm pulled in too many directions. That's I'm supposed feel, to be yeah. happy with success. And then you go yeah. up and you yell, these are my tweets. But there's a lot more happening than that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's also one, one you know, you know um, it's hard for me for some reason to write that stuff out because it's such an immediate feeling. Yeah. I have trouble just being uh, at home or a coffee shop, wherever I write, to get that stuff uh, on paper because it's it's such an active thing. You need I, the I, audience right I there. I need the audience right yeah, there. The adrenaline you know? that they give you. Yeah. And the confessional aspect of it. And well, there's no thrill in taking your clothes off in your bedroom. Exactly. Well, but if you flash a lady in the park, I'll, get <laughs> hard, I'll be hard for a month. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying... Oh, my God. If you're doing something in front of people that you're not supposed to do, which, unfortunately, and I'm sorry to get so lofty, is tell the truth. 
I know I, right. I, I know I sound self-important right now. A lot of people are truth tellers. It's not just comedians. A lot of people, people who aren't, don't even bother to call themselves artists. Like who? Like 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 just good, interesting people. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I asked yeah. David O'Doherty, our friend. Yeah. I was like, "Do you need to marry an artist? Do you need to be?" And he was like, "My, I can't do him." Oh, uh, uh, I, I like your impression of David. I have to be with him to do it. Yeah, yeah. But he said, "I need to be." Uh, my mother was one of the funniest, most creative, wonderful, artistic people who wasn't burdened with the external need to call herself an artist or to drop out of high school and join a band. She just was a mother, not just a mother, but she was a mother who was an artist in her life but didn't need to constantly prove it with awards and your fucking stupid movie. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you know his mother was really like kind of at peace with you know right. But you creative. you and I aren't, so we go on stage, and then yeah. it, it's that thing. There is a nudity feeling to it. You go on stage. It there's is. nothing better. Is. Some of the best sets of my life have been when some of my friends are going through a uh, relationship thing. Yeah, and they go up on stage. It's a one-time only thing, and they rant and they vent. I've only seen a couple people do it, but they go on stage and they do this set about quote relationships. Yeah. But you know that shit happened today. You know they'll never do it again. Are those the sets you really like? Those can really get Be, me. I love them. So great because they're right? so immediate and so truthful. Because you know a lot of stand-ups are great at making their written material that they've done many times look very fresh mm-hmm. but it doesn't have that fucking edge mm-hmm. that just telling the truth about your fucking day or your angst Cause in life there's a rhythm to it that's impossible to manufacture that's right you can yeah. tell the way that we're talking right now if there was a script and I was reading the script it said <laughs> Pete you know the way we're talking right now has a certain rhythm even repeating it sounds wrong yeah. It's rhythmic. Yeah. It goes with our heartbeats. It does. Yeah. There's something about the way we're breathing at the same time. It goes. Yeah. I always relate it to sex, but art and sex are very similar. So you and yeah. I, are, here's the rub, though, because part of your movie, which I told you I loved, and I highly right. recommend, please watch The Bitter Buddha. It's available on iTunes, Thank Apple you. TV, that sort of stuff. Thank you. I got to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you funny guy. Ah! You son of a bitch. <laughs> I told you I loved it, but I also found it to be d- deeply saddening. Yes, <laughs> and, I, and I told you that, and you were like, "When you told me that, I said, has I, anyone I, I, said that before?" And you, were, and you were like, "No, nobody would say that." But I was trying to truth tell you. Yeah, here's why. I, I, I want to hear how you felt about that. But this is the second thing. Tell me that one first. Tell you what? Tell me what you were about to say when I told you that. Oh well, you know, I felt. I felt like, yes, I felt I totally know what you're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? Um, because I related to it. I understood what you were – I think I was feeling what you were feeling. Right. Well, for me, it's like I try not to look at my life as sad. You know what I mean? Like I try to look at it as – you know, I'm creating, look, this is what I'm doing, uh, this is my life, it's a good life. But a lot of times I do get very melancholic mm-hmm. about and, and angry and upset that I don't have this or that and I'm 54. 
You know what I mean? I was just talking about this with a friend before I came here. Just like I always feel like I should have more. And, I, and, and you know, L.A. is a very young town and all that stuff. Our culture is a very, like, young culture, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of times I have a, a trouble accepting just the way my life has gone. So right, when you said right, that, right, 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 right. it hit those uh, buttons like yeah. you know what I mean like yeah oh, no totally you know it was I felt weird when it came out of my face <laughs> I was like as I was saying it your movie made me sad as it was coming out in slow motion mm. I was like I wasn't gonna tell him this but it's not that you're sad yeah it's that I'm watching a movie yeah in my opinion yeah is about everybody's favorite Eddie Pepitone everybody <laughs> loves you. The first act of that movie is we love Eddie Pepitone. Right. And the movie is making a case for you should also love Eddie Pepitone. It's injecting your tweets in there, showing your yeah, stand-up, no. showing wonderful people like Patton sitting on his porch going, nobody's better than Pepitone. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't do yeah, yeah. Patton. I can't even try. And then the uh, remainder of the movie is why won't this guy be recognized? <clears throat> Now, that's kind of interesting because the piece in itself is helping you to get recognized. So yeah. I guess we can take into consideration the redemption that the very existence of the movie is remedying right. the message of the movie. Right, Fine. right. But as the movie is, it's this movie and it goes, I, I'm this guy. Everybody loves me. I'm this guy. Everybody loves me. Clearly, I'm great. Mm. Clearly, I'm unique. There's nobody like me. I am art. Okay? So you're art. You're this ethereal thing. You're this different. Yeah. You're not Folgers crystals. You're not instant coffee. You're <laughs> fucking stomp the beans yourself and heat up the water with your tension. You understand? You're, yes, I love coffee. You're, you're, <laughs> nobody's funnier. Do we get juice? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have tried to use the priority pass. <laughs> Imagine I, I held on to it. We got to talk about priority pass and, and juice. But um, those are two callbacks to our lives. But um, what it is 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 alchemy. Yeah. You go up and it's, it's bull in a china shop. Things yeah. fall over. You yeah. kick over the mic stand. You go, oh, it's a dangerous show. Yeah, right? yeah. I started doing These things are happening. Yeah. And then you, you run it up the ladder. Let's take, let's take alchemy, mm -hmm. turning a stone into gold, and then take it to the suits and to the industry. And the industry, you go, we got this guy. Yeah. He can turn a stone into gold. And they go, great. We'll go. <laughs> great. I love that. Your face was <laughs> great. great. So these people, mm. and some of, them, some of them have a lot of artistic vision and integrity, and some of them don't. I'm not going right. to paint with too broad of a brush. Right. Maybe they come and see you. And maybe... Mostly not, but sometimes. Yes. Yeah. But even if they do, mostly yeah. not. Let's go with mostly not. But even if yeah. they do, sometimes they'll see it and maybe they won't get it. Or sometimes yeah. they'll be like, this guy is doing alchemy, but how he does it is he has this big, archaic machine from the labyrinth that there's a monkey in it that's hitting ah. a bell and steam rises. Yeah. And if everything goes right, at the end, the stone turns into gold. But one of the things that's difficult is the crowd has to believe. There's almost like a never-never land sort of uh, involvement of the crowd. Let's believe. Let's invest. And that's true of everybody. I'm just saying, yeah. especially with you. Give yeah. give Santa cookies and I'll give you fucking Christmas. So sometimes it happens and sometimes yeah. it doesn't happen. Yeah. And the industries in the crowd going, what the fuck is that? I don't want that. I want a piece of gold yeah. to come into my office. Right. And I'll take that gold that's already gold. And then I'll tell mm. the gold, I have the spotlight that will make you shine even goldier. 
And the gold goes great. And he says, oh, it'll only cost you yeah. 50% of your gold. And the gold will go great because no – okay. I'm not saying this is bad. This I is love just, your metaphor. It's such a great metaphor. Just, I'm just making it up. We're having, good, we're having a good time. Yeah. So then the tragedy and the message of the movie becomes nobody wants to take the time to figure out or maybe should commoditize, turn you yeah. into Folgers. And that is sad to me. I'm watching the story of an artist Yeah. say, I'm an yeah. artist. Yeah, and yeah. everyone agrees you're an artist. And then we go, how mm. do we give this mm. artist some money? And we've actually talked about it. Film your own special. Yeah. A, a lot of people would buy it. Yeah. I, I agree. You tape your show that's in London or whatever. That's what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah. You sell it for the $5. And what's, I'm sorry to resolve the issue without even letting you talk yet. But I'm just saying it's exciting that we live in a time where there is potentially an answer where I don't yeah. have to take you as a piece of gold into an office and say this is a piece of gold I have. Yeah. And you also have to understand that I'm not saying you're not gold because I've seen the gold and I yeah. hit, hit the wall and cried. Yeah. You know, for me, I don't know, for me, um, because someone asked me at the last Q&A, because things, you know, I've I've had more offers now, taking meetings, blah, blah, Mm. blah. So the industry is kind of coming around, you know, and then some guy just asked me. What was it like? That was a great question. You know, mo- a lot of the Q&A questions are just the same things. But sure. this guy goes, was what it was fun? <laughs> Eddie, was it fun when you did, <laughs> when you saw your name in lights, Eddie? Eddie, it's me over here. It's James Adomian doing a character. <laughs> James, please, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to all the Q&As, Pepitone. Pete Holmes is taking over your place. Uh, I can yell. <laughs> but one guy said to me, uh, what were the years in the wilderness like? Oh, and that was like, and I was like, and then I think I gave an honest answer um, instead of saying, oh, they were horrible. I just felt like I've always been performing and I never really looked at it as sad. You know what I mean? That I wasn't getting big recognition. Right. Um, I just looked at it as, well, this is what I do. And I always loved being in front of audiences, even if they were small audiences. I did a lot of right. shit in New York where right. it was Avenue B and Third Street yeah. or all these weird little places. The heroin hut. Yeah, you know, all those things, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I just I just felt like I'm just... That's what you do. That's just what I But that's your integrity. do. That's, that's your spirit. But, I, but then I'm also angry, though, at why aren't I... You know, but the thing is... When I said the movie made me sad, it wasn't you as a person making me sad as much right. it was the situation. Yeah. You, you understand the difference? I want to make yes. sure that you, didn't, that you didn't think I was feeling pity for you or anything. Right, 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 right. Because that's the worst thing when someone feels <laughs> you know, you don't, pity for you. Like, oh, Eddie, I saw the movie and uh, I just – I created a website for you <laughs> which has a donation button. Like Walter White's son. Walter White. Oh, yeah. right. Ah! We're trying to raise the One money. One of my favorite shows. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so good. So things are happening. You were yeah. in the wilderness, but it didn't feel like the wilderness. It, it didn't really, you know. It didn't really. Because that's, that's, that sounds to me like a little bit of your Buddha side, which is you're like, look, Amy. 
This yeah. is what I do. Today is an, like you are the task. If I'm yeah. mopping the floor, I'm mopping the floor. I kind of have a tunnel vision as far as performing. Like I'm just like I'm one of these guys who's always like I get up, you know, for many, many years, just get up and I'm like, OK, you know, what's fucking funny? What's what's funny? Yeah. You know, what, what am I doing? I got this little I to me, they weren't even little shows. I would be psyched to be doing whatever show I was doing right. in New York that right, night right, right right you know what i mean and i don't know you know i got an email from some guy who saw the movie and uh, he goes dude he goes and i love emails like this. I, I love sentiment like this he goes you're ex- you're just know that you're exactly where you're supposed to be and i love that like zen yeah like thing like yeah i don't think when i really can get some perspective on it i don't think it could have happened differently for me because of where I came from and whatever it was. Right. You know what I mean? Like this kind of really dysfunctional uh, uh, family. I grew up in Staten Island, a very working class family. Show business, nobody in in my family yeah. on either side was related to show business at all. And yeah. they all thought I was fucking nuts. My yeah, father yeah. wouldn't talk to me for years. Really? When I told him I wanted to be an actor. You seem like such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> he seriously didn't want to fucking talk to me. Wow. And it took a lot of balls for me to tell him, you know, he wanted me to be a dentist. <laughs> which my teeth would look better, but. <laughs> and I would have had unlimited access to nitrous oxide. Is the teeth a little bit of a fuck you to your dad? <laughs> I never thought of that. Uh, you want me to be a dentist? <laughs> no, that that's very, very interesting. And you're right. You should give yourself credit for that because you do have the – but do you, you wouldn't trade this. Look. Right. There are different paths. And I'm sorry to go back to Aziz, but he's on my mind. Is, is, <laughs> you could have done the 26 flare-up. Uh, I'm not saying flare like he's going to go away. I'm just saying yeah. burn up very quickly, show up very quickly. Uh, a friend of mine just put it uh, very well is the idea that you start a fire and people come to the fire and then you get the crowd and you keep the crowd and then, and then you're a thing. He's very, very <clears throat> yeah. smart that way. Yeah. But you don't you, – you wouldn't – your path is, I would say, more interesting, a better story. It's a better book. We're looking at the book. And we are in yeah. – we have had a better pro- progression. You know what I yeah. mean? What a weird life. Being with your dad, he wants you to be a dentist. And then you, you go into a show business that doesn't exist anymore. Because when you started comedy or started performing, it was what? Oh, what, what year, year was yeah. it? Uh, well, let's see. Um, where are we now? 2013? Yeah. Well, I was born in 58, so 20 years, 78, 79. So I started, Seinfeld started around that time, too. Did he? Yeah, so there's, there's a person you can compare yourself to. <laughs> he makes a very interesting... Mm? But he came from such, at least in my mind, I think, Seinfeld... He was Seinfeld, from Long Island, the other He island. was from Long Island, but I think it was a very stable kind of fucking... Oh, yeah. You know, my, I had met my mom, manic depressive, in and out of institutions. Oh, well. My dad, very... Uh, angry guy because his wife was in and out of institutions. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry to laugh, but that was a, no, fu- I that mean, was a funny I'm way to put the, it. No, I mean, I'm just telling the truth of it. And it was a small fa- – like, it, I, I kind of grew up just – like you talked about very briefly being a people pleaser. I kind of, as a defense, was pleasing – like – You got a lot of tension to diffuse. 
Yeah, I was like diffuse. I was like that. You ever see the Hurt Locker? I was like diffusing that every day. Yeah. in my in my place with I- more bits. <laughs> <laughs> Less wire cutters, more. You know, I'm, I'm at the point now where I, when I kind of, compl- I, I feel like, oh, Eddie, like there's part of me that goes, Eddie, don't complain about your childhood. That's that's not. You shouldn't do that. It's- I'm not really. I'm just saying what it was. Yeah, but you, you know, know what? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> I'm sorry to plug another podcast just then. What the fuck? Just, uh- oh God, shoot me in the dick. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> here's the truth: is that my childhood was uh, very good. And if you ask yours. Well, I mean, hear me out here. My brother would tell you that uh, we had nothing to complain about and we should be grateful. And he's right. But then with a little bit more uh, examination, I think almost any childhood, just by virtue of being a child, just by being three feet off the ground with two giants that have all the food and the money and the love that you need so badly. And like my parents were not happy. They argued a lot. They were That's the worst. So you have two fucking Greek gods throwing lightning bolts downstairs. Do you understand? You're a child. Oh, yeah. So it's so listen. it's so big. It's so big. Your brain can't handle it. So yeah. that's trauma. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. My my trauma. Short lived show on NBC. I was up for one of the. I'm just saying, when you bring yeah. up yours, I think we have a survival mechanism, and we both have it, where we go, mm-hmm. it wasn't so bad. I got where I am. I have my health, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I live in a house, and I have a car. Good for me. Yeah, you exactly. Look at, you look at other people, and they go, they'll never have a Pop-Tart. Poor guy. You know, there's so much agony and sadness and death and grief, and there's always something worse. You know? That's but true. I think... At a certain point, it's okay, and I will say, this is me greenlighting you talking about what it was like talking about your parents. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a fucking Victorian like mansion, basically. Oh, yeah? Big old house Big. in Lexington, beautiful neighborhood, great public schools, went to private school, had all these privileges. Good friends and stuff. Good friends, mm-hmm. loving uh, mm-hmm. parents. who have. I did not have that. That's what I'm saying. And here I am, to mm-hmm. give you the permission to mm-hmm. complain, mm-hmm. I am complaining. I also had people that were fighting that yeah. in my childish, undeveloped brain, I feared for the safety of everyone. Yes. And not, not just my father to my mother or yes. anything like that classic. I thought everybody was going to die. I thought, we were all, <laughs> I thought Oh, we were, I thought that every fucking day. Now that I've shown you how trite and petty I can be. By complaining about mine, please tell me what it was like to. I'm trying to diffuse an awkward family dinner by putting my face in the spaghetti. Mm. You're you got a mother who's diagnosed and and in and out, right? In burger. And out. <laughs> she worked at In and Out Burger. Yeah, man. It, it was in, it was deeply. It was emotionally wrought, and the emotion was very heavy and there was you know there were violent overtones because my dad sicilian could flip out and just go into a rage thing i, I mentioned sicilian because everybody's fan of opera he was a big <laughs> opera guy you know uh, and his, his rage was operatic oh my god um you mean it took four hours <laughs> <laughs> All right, please. When are you when are you gonna stop telling me you don't love me? Jesus fucking Christ. Does it have to be an Italian? <laughs> Can you please English please? So But you know what's interesting? What is that to, go, please? No, no, what was interesting too is like to to, to count you know, to counterpoint that was that I, I just remember also having really big laughs with my dad. Like we would bond over shows like 
we both love the odd couple. Mm. Uh, the Tony Randall, Jack Klugman one, which, by the way, was he I, like, these guys got nothing on your mother and I. <laughs> <laughs> you want an odd couple? I got I got to pick mom up in twenty. The Italians had a good sense of humor, <laughs> and my 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 grandparents were the greatest people. They were they were so fucking cool, and mm. you know. Uh, but here here's the sal- the salvation of comedy already showing up, and then you learn that lesson. I mean, I'm, let me ask: Is that where you learn the lesson? Like, oh, laughter, good laughter, salving, saving, totally salvaging, totally. I used to try to make my dad would take a drink, usually iced tea. Iced tea was big in our family, and uh, he used to he Staten take- Island iced tea. Stat Island iced tea. Thank you. He would, yeah, he would, he would take a drink of iced tea, and I would try to make it come out of his nose. I mean, uh, I got so good, yeah. at making him laugh. Yeah. Oh, that's know? great. Yeah. But then there was a heaviness to it. I was twenty-eight. The, I mean, my dad's a jolly guy, but when I like <laughs> manipulated him with words and made him laugh, it was it was later in my life. Yeah. Like a real good laugh. But you're making your dad. That's huge. It's, yeah, that, that was that's huge. You're very close. That was huge to this scary man. Yeah. Yeah. What was burdensome to me was that since, you know, his primary relationship with his wife wasn't working, um, he put everything into me. It was just me and my sister. And he thought I was the bright one. Oh, God. <sighs> and thanks, thanks for letting everyone know that. Feels, s- feels great to sis, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, she, I can hear she you. She didn't dig it. She didn't dig that either. Yeah. And uh, so everything went into me like, Eddie, I want you to be a doctor and this and that. And I got all of that. And yeah. that has taken me forever to let go of. Like, you I, know. You feel like you have? I mean, that's difficult. I, you know, do I feel like I have? To some extent, I've internalized that voice, and I'm still fighting that shit. Like, it's a voice. Isn't that the scorecard one? Is that why? That's the scorecard one. Yeah. That's the competition. Totally. Your dad was like, I want you to do something big. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always waiting these days, because now I'm 54, and I'm always waiting these days. Good number, nine. Nine, is it? Yeah, sorry. To crack that that thing once and for all you know like um i actually went to a psychic um because when you're all fucked up emotionally you'll do shit like go to and this woman <laughs> Eddie, there's no one better than you no i mean because when you're all fucked it, i just great no people people who go to psychics are people who are looking for someone to tell them you're okay yeah but this psychic i've had i've been to like a couple in my life like two or three and um a couple of them say things that blow my mind. Like yeah. one of them said, don't be – one of them, I swear to God, she had me laying on the floor. And yes, there was sex involved. But she <laughs> had me laying on the floor and she's touching me and she goes, ooh, whatever's coming from you is very old. That And then she goes, don't be afraid. And this blew my mind. Don't be afraid of working with children. Wow. And I was afraid of working with children. I had just worked in a summer camp and my thing with kids – is that I get so attached to them uh-huh. that I play favorites in this camp. I got kicked out of being a teacher in a, in a camp in Colorado because I would like like three of them, and the other two I was like, I was teaching them improv comedy. The other two I was like, you're not very good. All right, Lindsay, <laughs> let's have Lindsay up. <laughs> and the ones that I shunned, I, I never knew how smart they were. They were like, you're f- they would tell the cat. You're favoring the others. Fa- and yeah. I was like, 
You're just never good. Lindsay. <laughs> let's have Lindsay and Beth. Do it like Lindsay and Beth. Uh, you can give the suggestion. Toast. Not good. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay. You know what? I was the worst teacher ever. I never taught before I did it this summer. I was the worst teacher ever because not only would I pick favorites, but I would jump into scenes and take them over. And they're the ones supposed to be acting. And I'd be like, oh, my God. And they would hate that, too. But that is, See, that's part of your appeal is, is the saying and the doing in this instance, things that we're all thinking of doing. Like, nobody doesn't understand that move. That's what makes it so embarrassing. That's why it's realizing your dick is out on the subway. You know what I mean? Like, when you get into the scene and you're like, I'll save this. And you're like, really, you should let the kids mess up and learn from it. And you're like, no, it'd be better if a pharmacist comes in right now. Yeah, And you do the perfect line and then the lights go off. But this woman, this psychic, was like saying, yeah, this stuff is old. And I'm just like thinking, I, I just, I'm the guy who thinks one day. Or one moment, I'm going to be completely free. And that fucks with me because it seems like freedom, emotionally, mentally, is just something that's very incremental. Mm. And I'm one of these guys who thinks it's going to be this epiphany and breakthrough. And I'm finally going to let go of just this old baggage that's been clinging on to me like a doppelganger. You know what I mean? Well, in my my therapy that uh, I've (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) – Did I say something wrong? No, it's just funny. In, in my, my theory. <laughs> in my therapy. And then you went to therapy. I've been that was funny. I've been very struck by the, the practical reality that if you forgive and vent things to people, um, it actually does, uh, as my therapist says, Dr. Gary Penn, his book is available now, it actually does free up. RAM. So there's like your computer and your hard drive is devoting, mm. let's say, 100 megabytes of RAM. So to, the combination of forgiving and venting? I'll, I'll go into that. Is, is, yeah. But you're, you have 100 megabytes that are currently – I'm not saying – I can't diagnose you. I'm just saying right. I'll put it on myself that I maybe have 100 megabytes that's still churning and going over my divorce. Let's say that. Right, right. Uh, I haven't been divorced, so this is about you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, um, but so yeah. maybe you have that version. And then, like, what I've noticed, he told me an example of, uh, a, I don't know, I think I don't think it was a patient of his because that would have been a huge betrayal. But I think it was a very public story yeah. where a, a guy had been uh, molested. And uh, is this the Red Skelton story? This is Red Skelton. <laughs> <laughs> I just like his name as a so, comedy name. So Red Skelton got no. Uh, this guy got uh, got molested as a child, right. and then he goes to therapy. And there was all the talking he could do. But then what he did was he knew where the guy was. And uh, he was uh, like a well-to-do man and married and had friends and children and stuff. And he went to the guy's house or somewhere where he knew he would be, like let's say a party because it was a public thing. And said, hey, Mr. Henry Newsbomb, you diddled me, you fuck. And vented and humiliated him. And left. It wasn't physical. It wasn't violent. Right. It wasn't illegal. He just was like, I just want everyone here to know uh-huh. that this Cox. I hope it was at a pool party. <laughs> Folks, I- gather around here. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk to Mr. Newsbomb, but I want witnesses. Uh, can you stop the sizzle on the barbecue just for a moment? Those ribs <laughs> smell delicious. Well, you know, it didn't tickle very, my ribs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's very good at the party, yet he has a very heavy thing yeah, to get yeah, off yeah. his chest. Look, we all love his pool. <laughs> I think we can agree when I that say... That was my downfall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lured with the pool. And then, I mean, 
so that was the healing and then and then the thing in my own life was um i my my mother even though she is so much just this wonderful yeah. beacon of love and and just a perfect mother in my book uh we had to discuss things that i never wanted to bring up nothing like molesting or anything right. bad right which made it even more esoteric. but just emotional stuff just an emotional thing where it was kind parents of- sometimes have i mean it's not the kids who have trouble i think talking about this stuff i mean it isn't easy yeah. for the kids but the parents oh the really, parents can have a very hard time they really i mean they can get so defensive like i did my best yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever what am i supposed yeah, to do yeah, like yeah, you yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't show up with an instruction manual <laughs> yes. two jobs yes. and a crying mouth do you know that tin foil was in its nascent stages. Ah, that <laughs> is funny. So what it was was with uh, my mom. She was, and to her credit, she took it very well. But it was basically, I'm a, I'm a grown man. That's basically what it was. Is I'm, I'm not your baby boy anymore. I love you, uh, right. but I, you have to see me as a man and not as a boy. And that's a big thing. But I put it in a letter, and she read it. You put it in a letter. And it actually did improve things. And the, and the, it point, did? the point that I'm trying to make, and yeah. by giving people away my very expensive therapy for free, yeah. <laughs> is the idea that we can let sleeping dogs lie, or we could go to the pool party at the noose bombs and like change your life sometimes by, right. by maybe writing a letter. And I've said this many times on the show. I've considered writing right. my ex-wife uh, a letter and just being like, I get it. We were kids. I, I forgive you sort of thing. And that right. stuff isn't well. Yeah, that that comes in the heading, I guess, of letting go. It's like yes. if you could just let go of this stuff that's churning in your head. Yeah. What happens with me is that things churn in my head so fast, and they seem to be the same things. They churn, they churn, they churn, they churn, and they get tangled. Keep and in I mind can't... of repetitive thoughts. Eckhart What's Tolle. that? That's Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Observe the thinker. Yeah, yeah. Pay particular attention to repetitive thoughts. Yeah, I think now I have to go into writing down what the fuck I'm thinking because I hear it so much. It's so into, it's so part of me, and he talks about it too. Is that you identify with it? Right. You gotta disidentify with it. Right. And uh, I, you know, it's. Now, I just, think writing it down would be great. I think it would be. I think that's what we're doing on stage a little bit. Yeah, there's a bit, yeah, a little bit of a yeah. ceremony to it. Does that resonate with you? The idea, it's like, it's a little bit like mm-hmm. church. You have all this time, all this pain, all this agony, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all this despair. So funny to talk about that in relation to comedy, but that's what it is. That's one of the fuels we can run on. The other ones, yeah, we got other tanks. Some of the tanks are just mm-hmm. filled with. Isn't it silly to look at a dog sometimes? Right. What's he thinking right. about? Right. I wish I could do more of that. I think yeah. it would help my voice. I mean, do whatever you feel. I mean, right? Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah, you're no, exactly no. where you should be. I'm, I'm the guy who wrote, I'm the guy who wrote you that email. Was that you? That was me. I'm sorry to ruin that, but I wanted to have something to talk about. What was I saying? What were we saying? Uh, oh, writing about it down. Church and so you have that ceremony, up. and what a privilege it is to have yeah. a job where you are um, compensated to go up and and do something that's actually a requirement for our well being. <laughs> a requirement for our well being. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but t- do you feel the pressure though? Does do, does that get sometimes impinged upon by the fact that oh god I I have to make these people laugh constantly? Oh sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wish it were that simple. Like you know, boom, this is just church. I can fucking boom, boom, boom. Right. Well, and that's maybe what, when I'm trusting myself uh, that day, I can really do that and turn it. But that's left. that's when if the crowd believes Never Neverland style, they'll that's let right. they'll let Eddie do it. 
That's right. And other times their arms are folded, and it's just a show of three right. Americans. Right. Now, that, that'll, that could dovetail to Australia a little bit, because I had just come off a tour before Australia. Where they knew who you were? They knew who I Eddie? was. And it was all my people. It was people who loved me from the movie, people who had loved me from many years. Yeah. And I was just slain. In your zone. They were... Well, here's what happens, and you know this is what happens. When they're with you, you try stuff yeah. that's – it's just so natural, it's, and you're just – you're swinging with confidence. You're out there playing yeah, with confidence, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're letting yourself go to places yeah. that are the places that are funny and interesting, blah, blah, blah. But, when then, but then when you come off of that and go to a place where people don't know you, there's an adjustment there. And I, and I went through that in Australia for sure. Ed – Ed. <laughs> Ed Bigley? <laughs> Me too. Burbigley and I were talking about it. <laughs> and this is something you're oh, not... Oh, Burbigs, yeah. Burbigs, this is some, something we're not really supposed to talk about. It's like Patty oh, yeah. or maybe it's shallow, is that I was like, I'm used to touring... And I'm used, to, I'm used to the whole crowd being there to see me. Yeah. And then in Australia, it was the Americans. And I'm not putting down, everybody's glad, let's get this out of the way. Melbourne, great festival, yeah. gl- glad to do it. It was, it was really it. great. Yeah. We were very, and the crowds I liked a lot. Crowds were great. It's not that they weren't great. Right. But there's a difference between a great crowd that you've won over and that you've delivered for. Yeah. And a crowd, Bill Hicks said, less jokes, more me, that just likes you. Yes. And they go, I get to hang out with my friend Eddie. I yes. get to hang out with my friend Pete. There's a, there's a being in each other's presence sort of thing. Yeah. I'm happy that they're there. They're happy that I'm there. And then right. it's, a, it's a weird irony of show business is the crowd, the good crowd gets the better show because the bad crowd might be won over with the better show. But the bad crowd doesn't give cookies so they don't get Christmas. So they, <laughs> so they lose. I love your they, they, You do these effortlessly. No, I, I do one a year like that. <laughs> like, if you're a robot, you'll get the oil. And that's it for me for another 12 months. You throw them out every five seconds. I've already, I said that one twice this because I love that metaphor. And I sometimes say that to the crowd because I think it's very. You do I, th- I think it's very funny to be to be. <laughs> you, you know what's? I've seen, you know. See, you talk to the crowd a lot about what's going on. Yeah. With what you just did. Yeah. You do that a lot. Most like, of I it can is. see I scared you right there. Yeah. 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 I, I like doing that too, and I know why you do. It. I think you do. It, why I do it is like it just puts you in the fucking moment, well, and you're like we, right didn't there. Didn't we talk about that? You and I like starting with something. I was yeah. watching you. You would often open. With something, it's not about working. So don't don't. Yeah. I'm not underhandedly attacking your opener. Who right, gives right. a fuck about know. openers? I never know what my opener is going to be. But that's what we should do, and that's what you I and know. I both do. Is you go yeah. out, yeah, and they need to understand that it's, for lack of a better metaphor, it's it's just giving yourself a little cut that makes your blood rush and makes your cheek flush. You knock yourself on your heels by doing something. Mm-hmm. The best set I had in Melbourne. The whole, Melbourne. Melbourne. The whole time was a TV set, gratefully. I and didn't I'm walking see that out. one. I know you, you, it was super late. I, I, I went on at like 1.30 in the morning. Uh, and the show wasn't going that great. And I'm sorry to make this my war story. But to bring it back to you is the point that yeah. I'm walking out and there's no microphone out there. And this, this musician guy gives me a microphone. I go, is this my microphone? And he goes, I don't know. And I just walk out. And I'm already laughing at this. I don't know on horrible, on a television. Horrible spot. exchange. Yeah, the worst way to go out. <laughs> the, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if it's a mic. So I just took it, hoping yeah. it was mine, hoping it was yeah. on. Yeah. And then I go, and I'm laughing, and I go, I was just walking out here. Yeah. Here's the truth. 
is this going to work? All I'm going to do is tell the audience that a man handed me a microphone. I said, is this my microphone? He goes, I don't know. And then I just kind of yelled. I was like, is this my microphone? I don't know. A little, I, I did you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I said something yeah. in the moment. The yeah. point was. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did that because I get a, a little uptight if it's being filmed. Right. I get like, ooh, I don't. I should start with the hat bit. You know what I mean, Eddie? I'm glad you said that because here's the truth of my own grief in that moment. I'm backstage <laughs> and I'm looking at a set list. And yeah, it was my second TV set, so I had to do a different set. And you can't repeat material. And oh, I'm looking yeah. at it. And I'm wondering which references will work. Should I do the koala riff that I had done for the first time that night? Do I do that? Yeah, it's not really that funny. All I say is, you ever look at something and wish it meant more? Will they be offended? Will they even laugh? And I'm back even, there. even after it had worked a few times, you were it was the still first, thinking about it. It was the first night I, I riffed at that show at the, at the oh, 945, okay. and then oh, okay. my set was okay. later that right. night. So right. I would same, be up in the air about that, too. It was too. the same day, and I was yeah. like, what do I open with? What do I do? And then, you know, a gift from the comedy gods. Is this my microphone? I don't know. It is amazing how thing, the gifts you get. You know, it's it's funny. You know, I stress sometimes about the show. Okay, I got the show, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm stressing. But then you can never foretell the gifts you're going to get. Right. The abundance so that's out stress? there. Yeah. Fucking exactly. relax. The abundance that's Somebody's going to clap weird. Some, one of the lights is going to look weird. Something's yeah. going to happen. You, you have to remember. Yeah. A lot of my life is trying to remember who you are. And wake up to your own potential. And I'm not even yeah. saying this in terms of performance necessarily, but a lot of times the feelings when we're sad or, or whatever is we forget what we're capable of, which is why oh, people yeah. like you and I always have to do shows because after three days we forget that we ever did one. That is <laughs> – by the way, that is a profound – statement right? that is amazingly rings so true with me and it might be exactly three days when yeah. i don't do a show yeah. for three days yeah. or four days i'm like i'm not a comedian you lose it it's like what is that? how did i ever do it yeah how did i ever you can't do it? ride a bike with no wheels Unbelievable. But I, I have a memory of vaguely riding a bike with no wheels. Unbelievable. But that's not possible. Yeah. So mm. let's talk more about – I started to tell the story about your presence is the idea of something to knock you on the back of your heels. You'd walk out and you'd go, no, and you'd walk off. Then you'd walk oh, back. Oh, yeah. And these things didn't work. You know, understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I would often do that as well. I'm talking about our, our Melbourne shows, our regular yeah. shows. We both go out and, yeah. de- and Shay would do it too. Deliberately do something yeah. that's not going to work. To yeah. show them a couple things. You're okay with silence. Yeah. You're in the moment. Yeah. You're in control. So much so that you can throw a rock through a window. And instead of going, I'm so sorry, you can go, yeah, I broke that fucking window. And stay with it. Totally. You know I, mean? I actually like, think Melbourne, you know, in retrospect, I, you know, I felt like like I was a little disappointed because I had come off the Love Fest tour. Yes. So there was a part of me that was like, God damn it. I'm not. I'm, fuck. These people, fuck, you know, I'm not that funny, blah, blah, blah. But it was actually really good for me because I was doing shit that I never do. Like, I don't particularly like talking to people in the audience. I don't. I I, I fuck with them, but I never. But this show, but the Melbourne shows, I started going into the crowd, going down the aisle, sitting next to people, talking to them. And it may not have been that hilarious, but it was really good for me. Yeah. About throwing that rock through the window. Yeah, yeah. And just being like, that's what happened. That's what the show is. That's when you knock the stool over. And I actually like to say that. It's like, this is the show. Whatever I say is the show. Me telling you that this is the show right now is the show. Yeah. And that's the Cosby thing. 
the pilot doesn't come on and say, I'm going to try and land the plane, you say, I'm going to land the plane. He's aware that there's a lot of factors involved in landing a plane, but you don't tell them about that. You just say, I'm going to land the plane. And that's how it is with the show. You go, this is the show. The show is happening. Right. You're not trying to make them laugh. You're inviting them to laugh with you if they they would like. I'm not here to twist anybody's arm. You don't want to enjoy it. And it's taken me such a long time to, like, have the courage to just do those things. Yeah. So, uh, it, it takes a long time and be in the moment what did I yeah. write down that I wanted you to talk about horses Horse, horses <laughs> you ever see a horsey you ever see a horsey and they're so big <laughs> do they dream <laughs> do horses dream I like the first half of the Holmes oh, podcast the, <laughs> the whole horsey dreaming thing it, Pepitone got silent and he <laughs> just kept going on I remember what it was what I was talking about what Birbiglia and I were complaining about, mm. was the idea is once you start drawing a little bit, which you and I probably draw a little bit. We're not huge. Oh, right, 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 we're not right. theater. Yeah. Sell it out eight shows. Um, we draw a little bit. And once you get a little taste of that, yeah. it's kind of the greatest thing in the world. It's worth, yeah. it's worth uh, working for and it's worth fighting for. I didn't even know. I've said this on the show. I'm repeating myself. But the idea that people are like, do a podcast and, and it'll help your draw on the road. And I was like, fuck the road. I don't go on the road. Now I do because when I go on the road, my friends in Cincinnati will meet me so and great. come to the show. It's a completely different thing. So, great. so going from that in the States, yeah. my happy, happy fun zone of we're happy to see you. And don't get me wrong. There were some fans in Australia and I was happy to meet them. That's cool too. The, Overseas I, it fans was, it was incredible. Best. And they were incredible. Just an incredible group. Totally. Got to hang out with some of the talk after the show. It was wonderful. Totally. But, you know, uh, it's not the whole – your name isn't on the bill. You're just on the American show. And, and that can be depressing. And, and, and you're just like, I want it to be Pete time. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be on a show called The Headliners. Yeah. Where yeah. Because I did have a one – I had one solo show there where That's I got right. to do an hour. Yep. And I was back into the love fest. I'm back, baby. <laughs> Did you open and it with was "I'm back"? Wild. Yeah, I saw you afterwards, and your eyes could have cured skin cancer. Yeah, yeah. It was so <laughs> wild. It was the best. That's the feeling you're going after. It was. It was wild that I just because it was upstairs. Yep. We were downstairs. So you went to the big I went, room. I went to the big room. You filled up like, that big room. I was like, oh, so the magic's upstairs. No, you yeah, know what I mean. It was no. like. It was like these people had come to see me, and it was just amazing. That's the pocket. You know what I you mean? You want to be in that pita pocket with a nice slice of cheese and some fresh tomato. Yeah. Tell yeah. me, what was it like with your, with your mom? What kind of relationship did you have with your mom? Well, uh, not a, well, you know, she, th- that's the saddest part, I think, of my life. Because my mom w- was just, she was manic, depressive, or bipolar, I guess mm-hmm. they would call it. And... Um, you know, my relationship with my mother was really kind of distant, because, and it may be the source of, when I look at it, all my rage, because I wanted her attention, and she wanted to lay down and be in bed. I mean, she had severe depression, yeah. and then she started getting hospitalized, so I was like, Mom, you know, this sounds so sad to me when I'm doing no, it, but no, no. I was like, you know, come on, and I think this is my head... As a comedian, you know, and which is like, God damn, and this is me to the audiences now, used to be my mother. God damn it, you fucking pay attention to me and I'm going to make you love me. Yeah. Because I couldn't get, I couldn't get my mom to really do that, you know, and, and then my mom went in and out of, um, 
uh, institutions as I as I got older, and you know, then I you know got grown up, and then it just became like, okay, I'm gonna try to take care of my mother. Role you re- know, reversal. Yeah, I try to take care of my mother, but I was always conflicted because I was like, yeah, but she never loved me, so I got to take care of her. So it was a heavy. That's hard. Fucking, and then she died. My mom died like when I think about six years ago, and it was at it. You know, she was never in great health at all, so it wasn't a huge, huge surprise. But boom, she was gone, mm. and there wasn't a, wasn't much closure and everything. And I'm still. You know, trying to process that stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? So I wish I could say. But the one thing is that she did, through all that shit, have a really good sense of humor. And I could make her laugh. Right. You know? Right. Uh, she was the Jewish side. My dad's Sicilian. My mom Jewish. And, uh, right. you know, she did really have a funny sense of humor. Right. And, you know, I, I would make her laugh. And, uh, you know. I understand. I feel like that's the program that runs when you talk about your mother, which is, again, goes back to that survival thing. We have, and I'm not saying this flippantly, but the horror. Yeah. The horror of a mother. We talked about the Greek god throwing lightning bolts. That's what my my parents are doing. And then Mm -hmm. you have this this god that is a Greek god that's kind of not there, that disappears on you or vanishes or just wants to lie down. And you don't understand that any more than I understand why won't they stop. I think the, the worst part of it for me was that I think I internalized it like, oh, I'm not lovable. Right. And that's a fucking bitch to deal with because then you spend your life going, what the fuck is wrong with me? Right. How are you doing with loving yourself? How am I doing with loving myself? Yeah. That's a lot of what we're into, meditation and and Eckhart Tolle and all that stuff. I'm getting – you know, I'm I'm getting uh, a lot better at it, but I, I still have a ways to go. You know, like one thing that I haven't been able to conquer is like food. Like why am I like, – like I eat – you know, like me, we talk about this, my veganism, which, yeah. which you know, I've <laughs> – I have had slips on. But like for instance, I, I, I have a big gut. I shouldn't be eating late at night. So if I were loving myself, like really loving myself, right? I would say I'm not going to fucking eat. Late at night, but I am such a comfort queen. Like when, like me and my wife, we watched like like last night for is a, is a typical thing where at the end of the day, I just finished doing a bunch of shit. Honey, let's we we tape Jeopardy, mm. which is hilarious. We'll watch ten Jeopardies back to back and just be yelling shit. People outside of our apartment hear things like Easter Island, <laughs> Napoleon. Victorian era, like just if, if you're like my parents, you yell it while the contestant is saying the right answer, so, <laughs> so you never know. You just go, yeah. John F. Kennedy Jr. What was it, Irina? What do you say? You have no fucking but idea. But one, but for whatever reason, whenever I'm watching fucking television late at night, I want to fucking eat. I understand. Like I just want to. I want this total. Like this is not left me. Is this desire to for comfort? What's a cl- it, it, like, and I can't like like if but but I hear about people who just go no and actually you in Australia said no. to me I only eat once a day and, I, and no that, I didn't that say that I said if I something. eat a bad meal I'll eat less later so oh, they can- but, but what I got from what you were saying what I got from what you were saying was a discipline that I have a lot of trouble with <laughs> which is like look I really watch what the fuck I eat and when I eat it and na 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 
And I know I shouldn't. But then later that day, we were sitting down to a meal. I ate a salad, and you went, you know, I tried to just eat one meal a day. And I was like, fuck you, Eddie Pepitone, you've got me. Oh, yeah. But, you know, again, I'm not a a professional. um, But doesn't it sound like, or does it sound like to you, Mm -hmm. we're lacking in love? You got fucking scary dad listening to his operas and shaving with a straight razor. <laughs> we got we got mom being what she what she was yeah. uh, to the yeah. best of her abilities. Well, my combo was my dad also was critical of me, like you got to get A's, yeah. you got to do this, and then my mom not there. Yeah. So I had a bad yeah. double. It's a pressure cooker. It's you exactly know. where I would think you came from, and I don't say that to be mean or funny. It's just like it makes sense. It does make sense. So yeah. now, what do we have? <laughs> no, I, I feel like I'm being this. Uh, now I feel like there's students. You know how students look over an operating table. Yeah. Like there's there's students. <laughs> like you're saying that to the students. So now, what do we have? We have this comedian. This is man what has, we have. Has <laughs> right, he has pepitones. Sorry, you have any pepitones? You got the pepitones. You what I'm saying. It's my favorite ska band. My, what I'm saying is, yeah. What do we have? Is is um. We're looking for love. Everybody is. Yeah. Now, what is the love that we can get? Um, a pizza can feel like love. That's what I was going to ask you. Is the is the feeling of now, sitting? Now, that's that's the thing that I've never specifically been able to say. And I've heard, you know, obviously people who talk about, well, people who eat are trying to get love. Like, I never make a connection right. like, this cookie is like a tit or whatever. Yeah. I don't make that connection. No, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking of breastfeeding when I was thinking about that, eating a that, pizza. And I know you're yeah. vegan, but I'm just saying <laughs> breast milk is okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's the idea that like um, – I do drink breast milk at night and it's given to me by <laughs> local neighborhood mothers who have – Lactated too much. <laughs> Imagine gonna, that. It's, it's just left bad. on my door because yeah. they know I wasn't loved from oh, all the podcasts wow. I do. You know what's <laughs> kind of fucking weird is um, I bet I bet you could use a good cuddling and some breastfeeding. <laughs> I do, by the way, have a cuddle. It, actually, I got it at Sharp Sharper Image or something. It, it was just cuddle blankets, they were called. Sadder and I Image? I... <laughs> I just mean I went to them like like a bug to light. It said cuddle blanket. I'm looking over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just bought two of them That's right another, away. <laughs> talking about primal scream therapy, and there's also mm. coddling therapy, which mm. is they'll do it with step parents who adopt children, and these children that like didn't get love. Yeah, they grew up in like Russian orphanages, and they mm-hmm. pass that threshold. You can do it for a couple years, maybe a year and a half. But if you go three, four mm-hmm. years with no love, and you're just you know mm. being brought to bathroom breaks and being fed. Like basically being kept alive, you'll become – and I'm not being cruel to these children or at least I'm not trying to sound cruel. Mm -hmm. You'll become the kind of kid that lights the gym on fire. That's right. Um, And then what they do in these cases is the stepmother will force this child who's pretty strong, who doesn't want to do it, Mm -hmm. to nuzzle with the mother. You know what's amazing to me is just like like, you know – you know, you get so into thinking and thoughts, and we we have incredible minds. But what we really need is just to be fucking held. And I yeah. know that sounds so. No, I don't know. Fucking. I love sex. Leo Bascalia. Part of part of sex for me is the hug of it. I'm actually quoting a Jackie Novak bit where she goes, "I I, I love 
sex just for the hug of it. <laughs> uh, I'm a big hugger, and uh, mm. it's a proof. It's we talked about it on the show a lot. For me, act. it's the frenzy of it. I love the frenzy of sex. <laughs> 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 the abandon of it. The 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 ecstatic release. Sure. I, are you joking? Because I agree with that. No, well. no, I'm not joking. You know, I, I, I think it has to do with again wanting so much attention. Yeah, you know, and I, and it's know. also a very meditative thing that you're very present. Typically, you're not thinking about like what when's taxes due when you're having sex. Well, when I'm not trying to come, I do that. <laughs> that is great. It's great. I should have laughed more, but I was thinking. I was thinking. Is the idea? Um, of the you know a twenty second hug releases endorphins and all these chemicals that are associated with trust and love are mm. released. It's a thing that you could do in yeah. an MRI. So when you're fucking somebody, typically you're hugging them, depending on the position. But I'm just saying, yeah. typically there is a wrapping around thing. Yeah, and, and that's and that that's some good stuff. Here, uh, yeah. what I was saying about food. What is food? First of all, it's this independent thing. You know what I mean? You go like, fuck it. I'm a grown man and I live in this time where you can order Chinese food at 2 in the morning. By the way, we're surrounded by everything. Yeah. Everything is in a major city. It's there. Like you could get – you could kill yourself in one evening on food. Yeah. Never mind scotch yeah. and heroin. Yep. Just – you could fucking ben order enough food to kill you. Yeah. And you they'll know? keep bringing it And they'll it to deliver you. it They'll to deliver you. you don't even have to leave. Yes. You can be like the spaghetti guy in seven. Thank God I don't smoke weed anymore because weed. Oh, we I forgot be, to talk about weed. Well, I was a big weed smoker and I haven't smoked it basically nope. for 14 years, even though I've, I've had a couple slips. But I fucking, with weed, just the pleasure. I'm like a pleasure freak. Yes. One of my shrinks early on said, you're a pleasure addict. You just want pleasure. And I guess that's to combat, you know, that feeling of fucking I didn't get whatever I want. So I just want pleasure after pleasure after pleasure. Yeah. And this is, this is a time and age because of the internet, because of all this shit. You can get it immediately. Instant yeah. gratification has never been so easy. Well, that goes back to what we were joking about with pornography. It's like I'd like to see naked ladies fucking. In the Completely. 17... 17- 30s if you want you to had see. to arrange that that had to be that was a lot of planning 30 gold coins <laughs> 30 gold coins she'll be here in two fortnights <laughs> yeah a lot of calligraphy things <laughs> sent on horses God, it's, it's, no to an arrange an orgy back then was horses yeah. and and if you wanted to be like i want to see a lesbian squirting orgy with latinos <laughs> that was almost impossible back in the 16th century it could be it's done. It's not happening. Could you, be done. You'd have to be a king. I think the Borgias, well, whatever. I don't know. Back I don't in the have day, HBO. only the Borgias had internet, basically. <laughs> I want to see a Korean man dance like he's on a horsey. And they'll get him in three weeks. And he does three it. Three weeks. And you go, like. Like. And you say your comments to him. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so food yeah. is uh, an independent move. I can do this. So there's right. there's an indulgence to it. Um, I've right. likened uh, jerking off to that too, especially when you're in a relationship. There's something fun and rebellious about jerking off, being like, I could save this wrath for my lover, but <laughs> I'm going to jerk off because it's indulgent and it feels good to just love yourself in that right. moment. It feels a little rebellious too, especially if you have a terrible girlfriend like I did, the one I'm thinking about at yeah. this time. But then, okay, so there's a little bit of independence. And yeah. then there's life keeps you alive. You Food. Know? And then, and then I think that that mix gives us love. You go, I'm giving myself the tit right now. Ah, oh, yeah. It's funny that I I just kind of do it, uh, and I, and I supposedly have all this awareness, but I just kind of just I click into something like like the Manchurian Candidate, like Jeopardy. 
cookie. Yeah, of course. You know, whatever it is. You I know what it. I mean? And as you're saying this, Eddie, yeah. the likelihood of me watching Jeopardy and eating cookies has gone up 400%. <laughs> that's how suggestible we are. And that's one of the things is for all our meditating and for all our reading and all the work and all our therapy. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's pretty easy to trip somebody up and go, you want ice cream and, and fucking Sopranos or whatever you're watching? And you're like, yeah, Butternut Crunch. Yeah. Like, you know what's interesting is that it goes back to the meat computer thing you were saying because the thing I think that bothers me about that is the computer aspect of it is that we're hardwired yeah, for things. We're like, 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 I mean, Freud said that between, I don't know what it was, but that we were basically formed before by three by the age of three. Oh, really? Something like that. By the age of five, by the age of three, that whatever happened, and this pisses me off, that whatever happened there, that's you. Like, yeah. those circuits in your brain are fucking hardwired for that. It's you interesting. Know? And to that undo that. that Russian orphanage thing. Yeah. That's what I said. A year you could do it. Three yeah. years you're burning down the gym. That's right. And that is the computer. You're yeah. getting programmed in the, and, and you know, for as much as I make fun of Scientology or whatever, they the whole Do they idea, talk about that shit? Yeah. They actually talk about uh, – did you see The Master? There's a lot of that I did see The Master. Where they're talking about everything you hear in the womb is included in your formation. And then uh, – because mm. the, there's a scene on the boat where a woman is having a, 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 you know, a guided meditation flashback to when she was in the womb. And, they're right. t- and she's telling – in my understanding of the film, she's telling a story of when their parents had sex when she was in the womb. And right. she's like remembering it. And she's like my mother saying, no, I don't want to do it. Not while she's in there sort of thing. And yeah. it's like this very traumatic thing. Yeah. So uh, I may not have heard that part of the movie because I was eating a toffee bar crunch. <laughs> <laughs> in between bouts of Jeopardy. But uh, the idea that they have the silent birth and stuff. I'm the kind of loon that would be like – silent birth meaning no screaming of the woman. It, that's why I know about it. Is why it's controversial. Jesus. They, why? Is the, the, the first moments of the baby's life should be peaceful. Wow, yeah. So while I'm not here to say put a sock in it, pregnant women giving birth, that's lunacy. Yes, I was about to sympathize with the lunacy and say, yeah. like, I get the idea. I, yeah. don't, I don't agree with the execution right there. I think that's yeah. too far. But yeah. I get the idea that when we have these things, I remember being young and every – I freak people out all the time, college professors. And I'm like, oh, that's when you blew your nose, touched this piece of paper and told oh, you, me. You remember. From a certain time in my life. Now my memory isn't as, as, as sharp because I've learned that you don't have to remember everything. But when you're five, six, seven – you're like, you, you remember everything. Then I erased mm. it all. You did? I really did, yeah. I always feel like the great writers, and I don't know if this is true or not, just remember everything. Yeah, it sure does like, help. Yeah, yeah they just rem- they're just so detailed. It's got to be because they're remembering a feeling. I think memory yeah. mixed with a little bit of a misremembering. So you remember a, right. a vague gas station in Arizona. You don't remember exactly what was happening there, but when you're starting your, your noir novel – you're like you talk about the rickety sign. Yeah. Then it looks like it says the gas is ninety nine cents, but the four just yeah. fell Do off. Do you like to write other stuff besides comedy? No, I'm not really. No. Okay. But I don't. I'm like you. I don't really sit down to write either. Do you? I don't really. 
I don't really. But, you know, it's interesting. I've had to do it lately because I've been pitching. I pitched a show to someone at a network, and they're like, we want you to write a treatment of it. We really like this idea. So I've been in these intense writing sessions, and I don't like it. Yeah. Because I'm Wait, forced. Wait, is it not comedy? Uh, it's, it is comedy, but it's also heavy. So they're going to put your act on TV? <laughs> 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 a little bit, yeah. <laughs> is it true? Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the fastest turnaround from bit to serious face I've ever seen. All kidding aside, though, yeah. But the discipline of writing just is hard for me. Yeah, who needs it? Who needs it? It's really garbage. That goes back. That reminds me of Seinfeld, which reminds me of what I was saying. You started in 1978. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And Seinfeld said something very interesting, which he said that when he started in the 70s, that there was no scene. There were no comedy clubs really right. there were maybe a couple but he said he was coming up in a time when you would be like put on the end of a music show and they'd just be like and now uh oh yeah jerry seinfeld yeah. is here to do like, they didn't even know how to the introduce lower, you the village in new york they're clubs like i don't know if you remember bitter end yeah exactly at the end of folk singers yeah. you know the you'd go on after comes. dylan He's yes, like, you'd go on after Dylan. And uh, let's hear it for the first time. You're going to make me lonesome when you go was ever played. Uh, everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody, dry your eyes and start laughing. <laughs> uh, you, what is up with... Oh, so uh, you do the best Seinfeld. Oh, you love wrong Seinfeld. Oh, that came up... God, that's funny That stuff. came up on DoD. I, I love wrong Seinfeld it. on so many levels. Did, did they, did no, people we didn't know do what it, what it is? No, we didn't do it. But it, because it, it start- makes comments to me about comedy that are brilliant. Right, right, right. R- the class- and him particularly. The classic wrong Seinfeld was, uh, I don't know why they call it a couple. You get it together for a couple years. You're a couple of people. You have a couple laughs. It's a couple. You're a couple. I, uh, I'm not seeing anybody right now. So after the show, I am going to go back to my hotel, cry a little bit. <laughs> Drink some Jack Daniels and jerk off and try to forget I'm alone. <laughs> yeah, it's the Seinfeld. It's like Jerry Seinfeld, but it takes a really dark turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny. And to David me. O'Doherty did the greatest Louis C.K. because it goes the other way. Where oh, he's like, yes. He's like, so. Uh, he goes into Seinfeld. What he I'm does, masturbating it, on the bathroom floor. Yeah, he's like, I'm back at my parents' house and I'm masturbating on the bedroom floor of my old house and everybody's having dinner downstairs and I'm just really giving myself the business, being rough to myself. And I looked up and I saw that they make toilet paper <laughs> with three ply now. We got three ply now. Two ply yeah. wasn't a, just Louis heavy like truth telling turns into, into trite observation. Right, trite observation, yeah. And then we did new material Seinfeld where it was like Caffeine. Calf is a baby cow. I love that. Fiend. Somebody that loves things. Somebody really awake all night loving baby cows. All right, what else we got? <laughs> like you can't. You just can't find it. I just love it. Seinfeld can't find it. I just love it dissecting a guy like him like that. That was just well, great. Well, that's what you and I were talking about was that, that – and I've said this before on the show, so I'm going to put it to you quickly here mm-hmm. – is the idea that Seinfeld, that sort of um, – and I love Seinfeld. It would be a dream to have him on the show and he he's, is one of my favorites of all time. That's true. Yeah. But at a certain point, my taste changed right. and while I can watch him and go like, that's incredible – uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do it for me in the yeah. way that it did when I was seventeen. Exactly, and that's yeah. normal. Yeah, he's still doing it, right? Yeah, still, still doing it. <laughs> Never stop doing it. Never stop. Doing if you're it. doing it, it is what you're doing. <laughs> and if you're not doing it, you're not doing it. Get your it together. 
Okay, it's well, like any sentence yeah. becomes a Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. It's a Seinfeld bit. Ah. Uh, but yeah, so what I was going to put to you was that that sort of fluffy stuff seems to offend you. Actually, you don't, <laughs> you you, well, you go like I you know remember. you can say anything up there. I remember one. Yeah, exactly. I remember one comedian going to me after Seinfeld became very big and very rich. He, <laughs> he goes to me. This comedian goes to me. Why the fuck isn't he telling us? About that life. Yeah. Instead, he's telling us that pizza crust now has cheese in it. Yeah. Tell us. The whole goddamn us, thing is Tell cheese. us about your reality. Yeah. You know, what you're fucking. But you know what? I, I realize that I can get so fucking judgmental that, oh, like I realize basically what I'm coming to lately is that, Eddie, there's so many different types of comedy. Relaxed. Everybody doesn't have to. Talk about the fact that it the would world be, is ending. It would be too, it, it would be, it would be too much if we all did. That's true. It would be way too much. That's true. So we got to have Seinfelds. Mm. You're making me. But talk there about is it. some. But there is some comedy that I think is too fluffy. Yeah. You know because um, what somebody say uh, and and just reinforce the shit I believe in too that I love comedy as social criticism. I yeah. think that someone said to me that. Comedy is the last place where people are telling the truth these days. Who said that? These days. I forget who said it, but someone said this is comedians. Ed, Bra- Ed Bradley. <laughs> did Alex Trebek say that during one of the Alex g- Trebek getting, did definitely not say getting that. Getting to know you's. But someone said to me that fucking politicians don't say the truth anymore. How could or, they? I don't know if they do. The media doesn't. Um, corporate people can't like who we, we who is who talks about the true musicians we ah. talked about this the the, the people you the, did the, you and i did the ambassadors okay. of truth and i have a heart for them it's not easy pastors oh right get on stage and if they want look the bible is filled with lamentations there's a book called lamentations yeah there's a book about job and losing faith in humanity and just Woe and yeah. angst and doubt and yeah. Mother Teresa. They found these letters where she wrote. I heard about huge that. confessions, whether or not she believed in God. That was her Tumblr, or what was she? She was more of a. <laughs> I wish I could think of another Pinterest. She was more of a Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. Pinterest. That's Hellraiser's blog. Pinterest. Um, but the idea that if a pastor wanted to and say yeah. wanted to be like you know today I'm filled with despair. I don't. I don't have hope. I don't he, have can't. he can't. He can't because his flock. He's got a flock. He's got mm-hmm. elders. He's got investors. Uh, it's, it's investors is it's the like, weird one to me. I mean, the flock and the elders are the investors. You oh, know what okay. I mean? Right. No, I, I'm right. not. I'm not correcting you. I'm right. just saying right. there are investors yeah, in the church. It's that thing of well, you can't tell the truth because we have to keep this thing going. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, and I sympathize. Nobody wants an I Easter know. Sunday sermon where you're like. Was he really dead for three days? I don't fucking know. Nobody wants that. <laughs> You're making me talk. Except I, self, except I feel like if people were allowed to tell the truth, they would come to deeper truths. In other ah. words, that's what I think of would course. happen. If these pastors were allowed to express their despair uh, to the flock and stuff, that if they were true men of tr- of 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 integrity yeah. that they would come to super deep truth. Yeah. Who? But they're not allowed to go there. So it's it, and this is the whole world, but I think the whole world is half truths. Yeah. All over the place. That's why I think it's powerful if a stand up can fucking hook into fucking being a truth teller. Yeah. I agree. Not easy though. 
because and not you got funny. the investors, i.e. the club that needs to fucking have you be funny. And I don't want a night where you're just telling people they're going to die alone well, you know, with a hot plate right. playing Russian roulette. Right. We're not talking about South Bend Funny Bone, me there in 2005, That's right. That's right. That's delivering. True. That's true. We're talking about here at Meltdown. Yeah. Uh, maybe a special evening with Eddie Pepitone show where yeah. you can do whatever you want and you do have that homegrown crowd who yeah. already know you and love you. And then yeah. maybe you can get someplace really good. So yeah. I just want to say to the comedians that are going up and being like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Don't worry. Maybe it's later that you do that. You know what That's I mean? True. For me, it was a decade. It takes a while, yeah. It was a decade of bad Seinfeld and then, <laughs> and then just an and occasional taste of saying something real. Right, right. But uh, what was I going to say about pastors? Unfortunately, the phoniness, the love, the yeah. idea of love and truth and living in Christ and having God in your heart mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff started uh, just getting translated into be nice to everybody. So if you got like a fucking horrible haircut, <laughs> I'm supposed to come up to you and go, hey, buddy. I'm my youth pastor. I love that. It's different. It's different. Look at this guy. Great. Find the positive angle. I understand that. Yeah. But why are we drawn to the ball-breaking love of a comedian? You get a bad haircut and a friend of yours, your friends with, who's Bill Burr, is great at it. He's going to make fun of your haircut. And as you're getting a sunburn from his riff, you're also going to know that you're basking in the light of truth. And you're going to go, this is a terrible haircut. I was at church today. And pa- my pastor was like, I like it. It looked very nice. Yeah. When did truth yeah. just become being, being nice. phony, being nice? Jesus right. never said be nice. I think a in lot fact- of people get confused because, you know, uh, one of the things I, I study is like, you know, there's like really try to live your life with compassion and kindness. So if someone gets a bad haircut, yeah. I don't feel like I should go up to them and go, Jesus, that's fucking ugly or yeah, whatever yeah. no because i'm thinking you know be compassionate i oh, agree no. in the power of know. words too and i've had a bad haircut and i've mm-hmm. had someone say mm-hmm. i like your haircut and maybe they didn't mean it mm-hmm. and i benefited from that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i wonder if there's a way to just be like you know i've had a bad haircut too isn't that truly compassionate to yeah that's that? right you know what right I mean? there's like, a way yeah I, I want you to know that the thing that we're all avoiding <laughs> is understandable <laughs> hey will it's not your fault. It's a goodwill hunting moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about the Lord. Let's talk about where you are spiritually. Oh yeah. Uh, I know that you are a contradiction. You are um, a yeah. vegan at odds with himself with everything. But yeah. that's what makes you uh, unbearably human. You can you can use any of these pull quotes for the back of your upcoming book. Ah, unbearably I human. I love that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am unbearably human. But that's what makes you so wonderful. Uh, there's there's the, mm. the juice thing. We're flying home from Sydney to Melbourne and then Melbourne to L.A. And I couldn't stop laughing at the sweetness and sincerity. You said you're 54, but you're like a little boy totally in these moments where kid. you go, could, could I get a juice? And I was like, to this maternal figure, this, this stewardess who's, who's tending to us, giving yeah. us hot towels and shit. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is there going to be some sort of juice with yeah. urgency? The juice is so much more than juice. You might as well have been like, 
are you going to take care of me? <laughs> yeah, that's really. Yeah. God, that's what it's And really you got about. your juice and you were so happy and then you napped just like a baby. Then you took yeah. a nap. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because I rail about corporate power because I think it's so abusive that so little people own so much and the rest of people are just clawing for fucking crumbs. Mm-hmm. But then I was in business class and. I was so enjoying the oh, you prosperity mean on the plane. I thought you were taking business classes. <laughs> no, I'm talking about business class to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just uh, enjoying well, that lavish attention. That goes of, back to how quickly Meat Computer will go. Oh, I'm up in business class. I deserve this. Yeah, you'd be shocked. You Gandhi ate meat. He and, did. Yes, and Gandhi not not that. as a lifestyle. Yeah. I'm saying one day he ate. Me. I weave my own clothes, but go ahead. You weave your own WTF shirts, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah, he gives me the pattern, <laughs> and I have I have a fucking wheel, whatever you call the wheel, the weaver's wheel. Oh God, the loom, the loom. You get a lot of pussy, by the way, when people know you loom. Ooh. Oh my God! I'm not kidding. Not it's loom like... in the back of a dark room, but like, actually... <laughs> no, no, that's looming <laughs> when you loom. But uh, Gandhi ate meat at one point. Okay. Unless I've been misinformed. But if I am, this is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote at how vital it made him feel and that would all be better off if we ate it because oh it, it gave him energy. And you might want to Google this uh, the, if you don't mind. Yeah. Gandhi ate meat quote. But mm-hmm. um, my point is mm-hmm. that's putting Eddie in business class, giving Gandhi a steak. It's funny how quickly yeah. we will turn and adjust we used to be the jerks in coach. Now we're in business. And now we're the jerks in business. And instantly we go, of course there's a hot towel. Yes. Of, or, of course there's the... Br- I start to expect it. Like, where's where's the hot towel? Where's the priority pass to get you through where's customs the priority faster? Pass? And you kept joking about, does this still work? Can I get here faster? Yes. Uh, is it clear I that actually priority? felt, you know, with that last uh, leg of it, when we get off and they take the pass from you because you don't need it anymore... Right. I felt like, can I have it back? Yeah. I think I might need that. It would be great to have a priority pass for life. It really would. Exactly. And that's what rich people have. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But you're right. So you, as the Australians would say, acclimatized very quickly your values, your surrender, your humility. And that's the feeling of eating the cookie while you're watching Jeopardy. You were just talking about loving yourself more Mm -hmm. and really caring for yourself. But then in a moment, you're Gandhi eating a steak and going, isn't this great? Look how bloody yeah, it is. It feels good. You forget very quickly. But yeah. that, this is the struggle that we all have. Yeah. I, I will. So as far as my spirituality, yeah. it's like that. It's, 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 uh, I feel like spirituality, for me anyway, is a discipline to perceive in a certain way. Um, because if I let myself just live in the body, like if I just let myself, you know, be an ins, and I can so easily be this because of the way I fucking grew up, an instant gratification freak. Mm -hmm. Spirituality doesn't exist in instant gratification. It just doesn't. Spirituality is that moment where I want the cookie, but then I go, but I, it wouldn't be good for me. Right. And that's or even, then the faith. Yeah. By the way, the faith there is that I'm going to be okay without the cookie. Because yeah. what happens to me 
is that I always think that I need something to fucking complete me. And faith right. is all about knowing that you're okay. Right. And we live in a culture, a civilization maybe, that is constantly trying to sell you shit because you're not okay. You're not okay. You need this razor. You need this car. You need this computer. I just recently got a MacBook Pro. And I was so, f- and I am so fucking happy about it. It's the nicest computer I've had, and I've got, I got an iPad. But now I want the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like faith. It's, it's hard, I think, in a very, we live in such a material, material world. I mean, partly it's great because we could do so much with all these gadgets yeah. and things and food at least for us is very fucking available you could have sushi you could have fucking steaks you could have spaghetti in 2 seconds yeah but then to me the spirituality is is not there there spirituality to me is stopping all those things and and I just have trouble stopping the train of pleasure that I want to be on. Mm. You know what I mean? And so where I'm at with it is like yesterday. And when I'm, by the way, and, and talking about success and dovetailing this back into success and being busy, you know, I, I feel like as I've gotten a little more successful, I'm busy and I get stressed out with it. Like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Someone was making fun of me that, oh, so now you're pissed off that you people want you. And I'm like, yeah, I just wish I had a little more time. And yesterday I found an hour to just go to the park at sunset. If I can walk around the park leisurely for like 45 minutes and then sit down under a tree and I meditated. Not the greatest meditation because I haven't meditated in a while. But after like 15 minutes, I opened my eyes and just the gorgeous fucking sunset yeah. in that park surrounded by green. Uh, that's spirituality for me. But it, it, it has to be like sought after. It has to be something I participate. I pull myself away. I have to the, – the pull – of this may sound trite, but the pull of Twitter and Facebook and emails. I've stopped meditating because I'm like, I should check my aunt replies. Yeah. It's, I don't know if you're joking about I'm, that, but... No, I'm not joking. Because one of the things I said... When I raise you, my left hand when I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, the things I did after that beautiful sunset is I had... Of course, I had my phone in my pocket yeah. while I'm meditating. And uh, right after it, I was like, okay, what a great minute. Oh, what a great sunset. And then I'm walking back to my house and I'm like going for the phone and I'm going, Eddie, this is the constant struggle. I'm like, Eddie, don't go for the phone. You just really kind of got into a nice space. it's taking you out of the moment. Yeah. You just kind of really got into a nice space where, you know, you're feeling probably, you know, the best you've felt in a month. You know, the sunset, the green. Right. But I I took out the phone and I looked at a couple of ads. Yeah. Because it's the sugar bowl. Yeah. It's 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 nutritionless, (laughs) addictive sweetness. Yeah. And the truth that you just touched on, which is one of the things that breaks my heart, mm. because I have, I told you in Melbourne, I was like, I'm not feeling spiritual at all. I can't connect at all. I, I blame jet lag or whatever. But the That's truth, part of it, too. When you're phys- physically, you've got to take care of yourself to go to another yes. level. One of the reasons I'm successful with meditating, and I'd like to say this to put, take people off the hook that have more strenuous schedules than I do, uh, is because I get enough sleep. If you're good exhausted, you. it's hard to... You're a good sleeper, huh? I'm a good sleeper. Yeah. 
No, that's good. But the thing that breaks my heart is the idea that wonder is everywhere, that the park is wonderful, that this room is wonderful. If we could have a waking dream appreciation of this existence, we would walk around and not be interested in our phones. That's right. I'll tell you something embarrassing. I dreamt last night and have dreams all the time that I fall in a body of water. Yeah. And uh, in the dream, I frantically take my phone out of my pocket and try and turn it off, which is what you're supposed to do. If you get electronics wet, you should unplug your computer. You should turn off, give it a hard off. It'll probably be fried. So So you can let it dry and then turn it back on and it might work. Um, let it try in a bowl of rice. Ew. Have you ever heard that? Is that true? That's what they tell you to do if you get your. your you've heard that? Well, what? it absorbs the moisture. Okay, there you yes. go. Yes. Good idea. Mm-hmm. But what's so sad is that that's actually in my dream that I love my phone so much. I don't have children. The <laughs> idea of losing the phone. This is a recurring. That just dream. gave me a fucking idea for uh, you know a guy who never has kids and his photo albums are just different phones through his life and he's showing them to people like oh and this was the Samsung S two it had some problems but you know what? <laughs> we loved you, him anyway we loved him anyway we sent him to repair school. we had to put it to sleep at uh, a Sprint store he's in a drawer over here <laughs> you want to visit his grave I'm chewing on a cookie. Say anything, Eddie. Yeah, no, but just having the dream. I, I'm, I'm also impressed that that you sleep well, and I and I'd like to know why you sleep well. How do you get the shirt so fresh? How do I sleep knowing what's happening in this world? <laughs> I love sleep. Sleep. I'm a good dreamer, so I love dreaming. I look forward to it. I, I was falling asleep the other night, and I pretended that somebody was checking me into customs to go into the dream world. They're like, you do know some of the images might be frightening. Is that true? Uh-huh. <laughs> do you have any uh, parental issues bit. to declare? Uh-huh. Pe- That's a good bit. People don't like bits about dreams. Most people don't dream. What the fuck? I, I know. People don't like bits about dreams. It's so boring. Yeah, I was so bored by it. Yeah, me yeah. and you talked about that a little. I'm like, I love that. It's the dreams. most inter- You gave me, what was it? Mela melatonin melatonin and you were like they're scary a little bit because the dreams are so vivid look i've talked about it on the show before i have my weird shaman dream tea fuck my shaman dream tea whatever this fucking melatonin shit is it is i took half of what you gave me and had the most vivid i told you dreams that i wasn't in (laughs) the way you Put that. That that was pretty freaky. I was dreams. Just, I wasn't in. I was just observing. It was an episode of Mad Men. It was Don Draper and Sally, <laughs> and they were looking up. It, it was something weird about how it was demonic. It was scary. They were like this season of Mad Men. I know that's kind of pathetic, but this season of Mad Men, we reveal Matthew Weiner's true intention with the show is that Don Draper's like a demon character, and like it takes this weird turn. I'm watching it. And I'm just like. I don't like this. It was so scary. Things were exploding. It was so vivid. It was too intense. And it lasted so two vivid. nights. Two nights. <laughs> half a pill. Did you ever take the other half? I still have it. I'm going to take oh, yeah. it. But you know what I like well, to you do? Well, you can buy it yourself. I could. <laughs> or you could just get a no, job. No, that's what, made, <laughs> that what makes me think, oh, these, these have to be not too bad. They're sold just at Trader Joe's melatonin capsules. Yeah. You know, I'm well, like. Don't fucking fool yourself. They're intense, though. If you're if you're already dreaming, they'll give you some. They'll give you some shit. But what I didn't like was it was so deep that yeah. I couldn't. Last night I tweeted about this. I dreamt that I was flying a spaceship with Will Smith, and it was the Are you best. Serious? It was the best. Men in Black Four. 
It was similar to Independence Day. Oh, okay. I, I was, and I said to him, and this was the tweet, I said, hold on to your butts, right, Will? And then I realized when I woke up, that's a Samuel Jackson quote from Jurassic Park. So in the dream, oh, it is. So in the dream, I probably offended Will Smith that all black actors are the same. But then I flew that thing around and shot at these um, – there were these orbs with skulls in them, and it was the coolest. That's cool. You have, you have, you have, you have fun dreams? It was fun, and it was cool. Yeah. That's nice. My, most of my dreams are just sort of like brutally working out shit. Really? Most of them, yeah. What most does that look like? Um, you know what's funny is that the reason I like melatonin is I, I remembered them so vividly. I, yeah. I don't remember a lot of my dreams. Just that they're very emotional, very intense. Yeah. Um, you have any dreams about your parents? I, I've talked about having dreams where I'm yeah. fighting my dad and stuff. What's amazing is that I'll have a dream that I'm in L.A., but for some reason the lawn I'm on is the lawn of my dad's house. Like Perfect. Yeah. It's like, but, but hold it. And that, that's what I love about dreams. It's like, but hold it. I was, I was in L.A., and we were in the park that I'm in, in the park, but then I look down, and it's my dad's fucking lawn. Yeah. You know, and those revelations are over. You do there. understand in the dream realm some of the uh, property that your father owned could show up in other cities. <laughs> All right, Mr. Pepitone, you are clear to enter. You are clear to enter, sir. Yeah. You know what that is? That's like a Pixar movie about dreams. Yeah. You know how they did that with Monsters Inc. It's like, oh, dreams are this whole, don't steal that, you (laughs) cocks. They will. They will. They will. Eddie Pepitone said the plot of Toy Story 3 on Comedy Bang Bang four years ago. Um, All right, dreams. So, God. It doesn't sound like you're chasing God. It sounds like you're chasing a little Eddie, little inner Eddie. No, I, you know, I, I, I think I don't God, say that in a bad way. I'm just no, wondering. no. I think, um, I think yeah, it's interesting the, the way I go with God because I think it's stillness, like like that is God is the cessation of thought is God. Like is that, that an Eckhart thing? Uh, I'm sure it is. I'm oh. sure it is because. By the way, the book we're referencing is called The Power of Now. We brought it up on the show before. Yeah. I recommend it as an audio book. But then, like I told you, I also have an affinity for, like, um, I have been comforted by the thought of Christ and, like, oh, his yeah. words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so that, re- like, like, to me, like, I never got brought up Catholic, so I never had any of this stuff I hear from recovering Christians and all that stuff, sure, like sure. Uh, recovering Catholics. It's yeah. like. I've always found just like Jesus peaceful and the Sermon on the Mount and all that stuff yeah, to be yeah, like yeah. just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Well, there's a great so, thing. Even if you, don't- I, I mean, I don't, you know. And sometimes, so I'll talk. Sometimes I'll talk to Jesus. I'll be like, and what's weird about that for me is that when I start talking to Jesus and I feel good about it, like I'm having like like oh, Jesus, you know, please give me peace, stuff like that. There's a side of me that kicks in that says, Eddie, you shouldn't be doing this. This is bull. Like, I have to fight this voice that's saying, Eddie, people don't. You, you're a man of science, which is what, what I yell at myself during my that's echo life. funny. You know what I mean? Like, there's some part of me that won't give in to it totally because I've heard, well, Jesus has gotten so much bad press. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? It's funny. Dwight Slade said that to me. He, he said, I brought this up on the show maybe once before, is the idea that mm-hmm. Dwight was... In uh, Galilee, you know, Jesus of Galilee, right. of Nazareth, but, you know, mm-hmm. he did his ministry there. And uh, he was there and visiting and he was doing some shows for the expats and stuff. And, and he remembered getting a very profound feeling. He's a big meditation guy and it was such a, uh, of wanting to know Jesus more. Yeah. And then going, 
too bad uh, somebody shit in the well sort of thing. Yeah. But what Duncan told me, Duncan Trussell, yeah. not his brother. <laughs> Dustin is just a cutthroat <laughs> banker. <laughs> he believes in nothing. He's a nihilist. What's Jesus' stock? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I want to buy Joel Osteen. I- is he public? <laughs> is the idea that... Uh, there is a lot of good there, and that is that has been my own spiritual maturity. Is for better or worse, I'll always have a resonating. If Freud is right, with my early programming, Christ-leaning, spiritual-seeking guy, which is yeah. fine. The Sermon on the yeah. Mount is beautiful. Christ yeah. has some beautiful teachings. He also has Deep a lot of time. stuff that people, uh, you know, completely forget about. Some weird stuff. He did. Yeah. Can you remember any of well, it? Well, one of them, I remember he says that if you teach a child the wrong thing, if you teach a child the right. mistruth, um, you should tie a stone around your neck and throw it into the ocean. Like, go kill yourself is basically what Jesus said, which is fine. It's just an extreme. Really? It's an extreme message. He's saying if you. That doesn't resonate with what I've heard him say. Well, that's what I'm saying. He you also know? said, like, I didn't come here to bring peace but a sword. I came here to turn brother against brother. He also said anybody that wants to, basically, I'm paraphrasing, walk with me, you have to leave your wife, leave your family. The Buddha thing. Wow. Buddha left his wife and his child and his kingdom to go and starve to death for a long time and then get fat and then be happy with his middle way. But Jesus was saying a very similar thing. He was like, anybody that wants to gain life has to lose it. He's not really, he's not saying go go to In-N-Out Burger, jerk off and go to sleep knowing that I got your back. He's saying, would you like to light everything you know on fire? Because you might see me in the smoke. Free podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has that great thing where he says to be in the world. But not of the world. But not of the world. And isn't that what you were kind of talking about? Like, you know, be in the world, but not of it. What what made you think of that? What do you mean? Uh, About him saying you have to leave everything. Yeah. I think that's what he kind of meant. I think that's Meaning... Meaning, you know, you could be in the world and you could be with your family, but your your God is, and He says it. God is inside. Yeah, God is inside. Right. I, I God think, is the kingdom. Right. The kingdom is inside. I agree with you there. The kingdom. That's of, what He said. The the book we're having him on the show. Rob Bell. I would highly. <laughs> Do we have Jesus on the? We're show? We're having Jesus. Jesus is on every show. That's why that seat is empty. <laughs> Uh, we're having Rob Bell on the show. We're still. I emailed him this morning. Mm-hmm. He wrote this amazing book that really changed my life that I recommend to you, which is called Love Wins, which is basically mm. breaking down Christianity away from this whole lifeguard God where it's like you do this, you get into the VIP club called Heaven. And he says what you're saying, which is mm. the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is me helping my neighbor, helping the hungry, helping the needy, saving the mm-hmm. world, bringing peace and all that and understanding and love here. Not some sort of reward for not saying fuck. You know what I mean? Or not, oh, yeah. or not being gay or whatever the horrible lesson is. I'm sorry you said fucking gay. It's very different. But I'm just saying like <laughs> you were bad and you go to hell and you were good and you go to heaven. Uh, it's not about right. that. It's about bringing the kingdom of heaven here. And then, you know, Joseph Campbell, and I've said this on the show before, doesn't says it's not really important as to whether or not Christ literally died and rose again, mm-hmm. but that's the message that we all have to die to ourselves and rise again and resurrect right, the crucifixion inside and the resurrection. of yourself. You, Eddie Pepitone, need to resurrect yourself. And that's what that's Well, what take I, it easy, but... <laughs> I, um, <laughs> But the, I, I, the idea of the crucifixion is, to me, a great metaphor that that liberation, that freedom comes out of your most painful uh, experiences. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. I, I think, you know, that's when you fucking realize, oh, well, I'm as low as I can go or I'm, you know, I mean, all growth comes out of pain. Right. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's a big Christian thing was the idea of a refining fire. That's, that's a silly praise song, but it's true. Yeah. In, but it, you see, with me, it isn't. So, and I can imagine people listening to the podcast going, oh, not this shit or whatever. Oh, they but, stopped listening. <laughs> but, but to me, I never had you know, that Catholic guilt, which yeah. I think which twisted is great. what he said. Which oh, is, yeah. Which no, it's is, great that you got – no, it's not no. – guilt isn't great. It's great that you got out. You missed the bullet of your mother's Jewish guilt and your father's Catholic guilt. Well, you know, I got it by like proxy their guilt and shit. But um, it was never directly. My dad and mother never did any kind of religious things. Yeah. They never did. So I'm free to do. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I could do it. That's great. You know what I mean? I'm Because ha- I'm, I'm so it wasn't shoved down my throat. That's part of you. You were given the freedom to kind of go wherever you want. And that's why totally. it's. Totally. Too much so. <laughs> yeah. But I like the, the Eddie that's. Because look, I'm the same way. I might catch myself talking to Jesus or whatever. Yeah. And I have the same thing where I go like. Come on, it's the same story being told over and over and over. The similarities with the Buddha story, which was 500 years later, and and yeah. uh, Muhammad. Uh, mm-hmm. what, I, I forget that was after, I believe, too. 500 years after Buddha, some breakdown of that. But anyway, before mm-hmm. Jesus, there were other stories that were very similar to Jesus, Oedipus, all the hero journeys, and all that sort of stuff. So I can Mythology. go like, look, we have this is a myth. This is clearly a myth. Nobody's walking around with a, a tape recorder recording Jesus. The Gospels were written. <sighs> After he was dead, no eyewitness yeah. person wrote the Gospels. We know this. So what are we doing? Why are we quoting him? Why are we saying it's in the Scriptures? It's in the Scriptures. It's in the Scriptures. It's like, yeah. can't we talk about the canonizing of the Bible, how people were drinking wine and debating and forgetting and losing things and conveniently shredding other scrolls? It's hard to shred a scroll, too. It'll take all, <laughs> takes all day. <laughs> T- getting rid of the weird Gospel of Thomas that t- talks about Christ's pantheists, like being everywhere. Uh, yeah. weird other uh, apocryphal gospels where Jesus turned like bullies into goats like when he was being teased as a kid and they're just like well that that that's too stupid but keep the keep the walking on water in there even though Benjamin Franklin comes along and all the deists were like we're going to make a new bible with Jesus but none of the miracles so it continued and yeah. the, the version that we have today is just the one that we stuck on so when people are like God said it I believe it that does it I'm yeah. like well yeah. fucking enjoy Six Flags I'm going somewhere else <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so so you you don't have much fear of God. You're looking for him as a friend in the woods. Yes, completely. And you, you know? find little glimpses of him in your stillness. Yeah, because because the world, it, for me, it, it only gives the world, the world we fucking live in. Yep. Uh, it only gives me so it it only gives me so much. And there's something like I feel there's something missing. Yes. And that is a spiritual component. Like, I could do all this shit and stay busy all day and do all my emails and, you know, talk to all the people in my life and do this and do this, but but there's something else yeah. I need. Yeah. And I think that's the spiritual stuff, you I agree. know, that's not of this world. I agree. It's We're a, not it's, in this world. It's a real need, and, that, and, and that's what's bizarre about it is when you start feeding, and I think that's when you get a little bit of an appetite for it. You become... Yeah, used to yeah. it. You're like I'm a little hungry in that way. It's also why you know the modern day, uh, quote unquote, like religious figures or whatever are these self help gurus who are like I could change your life if you do this and yeah. you do this. Three things. That's really a quest for fucking God. Of course, I think. Well, there's certainly a hole. 
Exactly. And that's a need. And that's become a big industry. You know, it's a they huge industry. Fucking... And I fall into it, too. And I know you do as well. Yeah, for, for when I listened to Eckhart Tolle being like, I lived in a park for three years. Yes. In a state of utter bliss. Yes. With no job, no family. And I'm also like, how many million copies did this book sell? <laughs> where, where are you sitting now, Ecky? Yeah. And, and I'm not saying you're full of shit. I'm just saying, like, isn't it weird to listen to this man who drove into a studio in L.A., put on the earphones, and then read his book about how all we need is inside of us? The guy's got. I really hope he enjoys. A oh, nice I think he is salmon fillet every once in a while. He's incredible. Though. I, I've been. Li- I downloaded. I, I do love by, him. I know. I just made fun of him, but no, no. But I downloaded a book right now called "Living with Inner Peace," and he talks about. They're running out of titles. Ah, I know that <laughs> is <laughs> funny. Just, just that is a funny getting uh, peace. <laughs> the the real power of now or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but he 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 does address the fact of having wealth, and he goes uh, so. You buy a big house, and you think, oh, this is what I wanted. So you sit in a big house, and then after a while, you're like, hmm, okay, what else is there? Because you look at the view. I'm sounding like a Jew, an old Jewish guy now. <laughs> but you look, you, you look at the view, and you're like, oh, okay, what's next? Like yeah. that there's never – And that the only thing he, – He is right. I think so. But I bet he wrote that sitting in his big house, and I hope he did. Because yeah, so. for all the spiritual truths, in between your 18 hours of meditating, it's great to take a dump in a golden toilet. <laughs> Maybe not a golden toilet, but, but he then one points of those out, ones that washes your butt for you. <laughs> he then points out, so then people get worried about losing the house. They have the big house, and they get worried about losing the house. And so the whole thing becomes, I'm going to lose the house, I'm going to lose the house. And he goes, so... If you lose the house, then you're in a smaller place, and you have a room, and it's okay to sit in the room. I don't know why I sound yeah. so Jewish. Yeah, yeah. It's I okay. mean, basically, he just have keeps... A little what I love about snack. what he talks about is that it is the same thing over and over again, that you're okay. You're yeah. O-fucking-K. He yeah. goes, ask yourself this question. He always says this. Ask yourself this question. Is there anything wrong right now? He goes, that's a powerful question. Is there anything wrong right now? Right. Because we're always in our head. He was just talking about how past and future is what completely destroys Oh, right. Our, because your ourselves. ego doesn't want – the ego doesn't exist without the past, and the ego wants to insist that it exists in the future. Yeah. So it's keeping you in yeah. the future, and it's keeping you in the past because when you yeah. center yourself – you lose everything. You lose your gender. You lose your name. You lose the hometown. You lose the favorite sports team. Everything. You lose your profession. Yeah. And then you're just a guy breathing air on a rock in space. And you go, fuck. Or you a go. A guy breathing air on a rock in space. <laughs> or you, How's it going? That'd be funny if people talk like, how's it going, Tom? Just breathing air here on this rock in space, Bob. And nobody. <laughs> People really don't get together. They just kind of talk like that with each other. Tommy, but they talk about it in right. an old neighborhood type of right, way. Right. Tommy, how are you? Really, really appreciating the sky, Tim. <laughs> and it's like- weird how shallow the atmosphere is, though. <laughs> if you look at the earth from the sky, it's just a thin coating that we're all taking for granted. But, you know, it's here today, isn't it? <laughs> Say hi to Wendy for me. Say hi to Wendy. Yeah. Wendy. Who's- Even though she's here only temporarily, as are we all. Good night, Bob. And really, what is a Wendy, right? She's just a, <laughs> she's just a soul. She's a collection of memories. She really, Bob, you know, that's the thing I wanted to tell you about, <laughs> Wendy. She's just a collection of memories, and I'm sure you know this. 
because you've been in a cave the last 300 fucking years. <laughs> Wendy's a collection of memories, so don't get too involved yeah. with that. Really, what is Wendy? Who is she now? Is anything wrong now? <laughs> Nothing wrong right now. Nothing wrong right now. It'd be funny if Boston was like that for some reason. Uh, Just Boston. <laughs> and when you go to Boston, you have to be that way, too. Totally. We're going to Boston. We've been practicing our existential <laughs> comments in a casual manner. It's pretty fun. So, dead over? What's that? Dead over. Dead over? When you're dead, is it over? Oh, um, I don't I don't think so. Hey, all right. We haven't got, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if we've ever gotten that answer. Are you serious? We've gotten a lot of people that are like, I... It's like you in the car talking to Jesus. People don't want to allow that. I'll tell you what's over when you're dead. Uh, the Cosby Show. <laughs> it's off the air. It's still on the air. Is uh, just all all this shit that we're doing now. That and is over. But I really believe that it just goes into uh, something else, which I think is probably better. There you go. I really do. Where we were before we were born sort of thing. Yeah. I don't have any memories of agony or just or torture or <laughs> anything like that. You know what dies? The ego. Yeah. That's what fucking dies. Your little life story dies. Like, I, okay, I, 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 I did comedy every day. For right, right, right. And then I got this show. Right, right, and right. I married Karen. And business and then class. We got, a do- we got a dog. And I lived in L.A. And I went to the beat. That's over. Yeah. That sounds nice. <laughs> Doesn't that sound nice? That's over. I, I don't want to be afraid of death. I am. I'm talking about... You see, I talk like I'm really wise, but I'm not. Yeah. Because I, I have the fear. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I do fear death, but... But I, that's your ego fears death. Yeah. I'm talking to yeah. your ego right now. <laughs> Thank you for that. No, I mean your identity. I'm talking to you, Eddie Pepitone. Right. But old Eki Toll would say... The spirit, which you are doing the work and nurturing and feeding, yeah. what you just said makes me think that maybe that thing is evolving. And if there is something afterwards, maybe it will be free to explore that in a, in a good way. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think maybe the work that we don't do here might be required if there is something after this. You might need to kind of free yourself a little bit. Or, even better, we just return to our pure spiritual state and realize that we've known everything all along. That's where I think it yeah. goes. What do you think? Have you talked about this a lot? No, because nobody's ever given me this. Are you serious? I'm pretty sure. Katie, do you remember anybody ever saying dead, not over? See, that's the thing. Everybody's so like, oh, no, it's over. Some of the religious people have said that. Oh, yeah. Joel McHale said it's fantastic Mr. Fox. He thinks we die and we all go to fantastic Mr. Fox, which Was I love that movie. Funny or? I don't think he was. I think he oh. met, that's his idea of paradise. It's just a silly Didn't world. Didn't see the movie. It's very good. Is it? Watched it recently. Is it really good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Watched it, uh, watched it in Australia. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, it was nice. a great time. But uh, uh, what was I saying? Uh, oh, that. yeah. Do I, I think mm-hmm. that sometimes I think that we're all just vacationing here. That we do come here to learn something. Mm. That this is in, in the in the realm of infinity, mm. this is just a glimpse that you looked at a travel brochure and you said, Earth. Huh. Yeah, but you know you get amnesia right when you're born. Yeah, well it sounds kinda cool. I can oh. leave this place and go see what it's like to be a human. I know that's making me sound like we're all gods and that feels sacrilegious to me, but it seems <laughs> interesting that we are you know, we're not God. I believe that there is a God that's greater than us as a creator sort of thing. But uh, 
in that state when we're in that thing's presence, I think that's when we remember mm. everything. I know this is sounding very new I agree, agree too. I agree you just, too. you just know. Here's the thing, you know, and again, it's very echi-oriented, is that we just believe our little thoughts. Ah. We think so little, yet we think we're thinking in this tremendously big, yeah. intelligent way. I think especially with science and how people get so into science and how great fucking science is, mm. um, I, I, I think we think that... I think knowledge is overrated. Does that sound fucking weird? I think, I, I, I think knowledge is overrated and that the best thing you can do is just forget everything and realize that you know everything, if mm. you know what I mean. Like we try to, in other words, we try to acquire knowledge when we already have it all. You mean, and by putting into words, we almost ruin things. Yeah. It's undiscussable. By putting it into words and, and then like, it's like, okay, well, I understand now, you know, the trajectory of how this rock falls from this thing. Right. It, 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 it almost interferes with just the natural wisdom that we have. And that's what meditation, I think, is about, is trying to tap into a place where, as Eki Toll would say, you don't really care. You have no interest in those things. Like you think, That's the big thing. You think you want to go to the beach or whatever, but really your spirit has no interest in it. And, and we put these problems in our head in Sudoku and, and relationship bullshit and yeah. going to work and your car and your house and stuff. But at the end of the day, he's like, you – Capital Y, you have no interest in those things. Your brain likes problem solving. Yes. But if you can separate your consciousness from your thoughts and, as he says, observe the thinker and look at the thinker and go, my brain loves playing That Don't Impress Me Much by Shania Twain in the morning. (laughs) It's a weird choice. And that's true, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves doing that. But if I can separate and go, that's not me. That's my brain. I'm over here. And then and get into that place where that separation is difficult to do. Oh yeah, because we I just so start levitating. <laughs> it is hard, Eddie. For you, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, it is hard because we get so much pleasure out of that stuff. And that goes back to your pleasure seeking, your, your ethereal sort of in the body stuff. You want to come, you want to eat a cookie, and you want to look at the beautiful face of Trebek. Ye- <laughs> Which is why I wonder if the people who really got held and loved, held and loved yes. early on, like real, if people like I wonder if, if people who really got loved, you know, tremendously, unconditional love, if they have more of a chance to realize this or if they just carry that spiritual aspect with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? More than someone who wasn't loved and then spends his life trying to attain it. Well, that's why a lot of people have an aversion to religion because of the Heavenly Father aspect of it. If your association with the Father is a drunk who hit you, yes. uh, then you don't want another one. You're like, I'm full up on fathers. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, but I think you're mm. right. I'm, the Dalai Lama talked about how we learn love from our mother. We, we, we're mm. helpless babies. All we can do is cry. That's why I'm fucked. And shit ourselves. But at least you were fed. You're alive. So yes. you, everybody gets the bare... If you're alive, unless something really tragic happened and you weren't ever fed or whatever, and yeah. it certainly happens to thousands of people. But for the most part, mm-hmm. a, a large majority of us at least were kept alive by our parents. True. So in, the t- in our time of greatest need, 
yeah. infancy, you can't do anything, something fed you. So you learn, bless yeah. you, Katie, you learn compassion and you learn what love is because, by virtue of coming up in the most defenseless state and surviving. You yeah. should have fallen on the ground and been eaten by a passing cat. <laughs> but you weren't. And yeah. now you do comedy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. What do we make of that? <laughs> what do we got? I don't know. I just like what taking do we got, that class? in. <laughs> yeah, I got a question. <laughs> you got to push the button. We can't hear you through the glass. <laughs> do you want, I think it's so funny that we're talking about not wanting... Do you want this last bit of cookie? Mm-mm, mm-mm, really? Mm-mm. Okay, I thought it would have been symbolic. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to eat up. I feel good. Do you feel good? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that we didn't talk about, but I don't really care. I'm good. We were going to say that weed, the one point that I wanted you to think, say, resonate, again, is the idea that we think that weed might get in the way, that like any of these things, drinking too much, weed too much, this is just, this part is called For the Kids, Yeah. FTK. I do kind of enjoy that the show has a mild don't go nuts with uh, drugs el- angle. Well, here's the, I've heard this from some Buddhists who said the idea isn't to get high, it's to get free. And I try oh. to keep that in my head. There you go. It's, it's not... Why well, do I, people why do associate I getting the show? <laughs> I mean, I just casually bring up a final topic and you blow my dick off. No, it's not about getting high. It's about getting free. And I'm like, well, no, I but people associate getting. Well, well, when people take their their scotch and they take their weed, they're like free from that that incessant voice. Yes, that incessant. You're drowning it a little bit. Right. You're going below it, but what you want to do is go above it. There you go. You know what I mean? You want to just let it go. So, you know, that's that's the real goal is to get free, not high. Because my experience with weed or alcohol is that it does work for a while, but it always fucking turns. And by turning, I mean if I'm drinking it that night or smoking it that night, I feel really good for that couple hours. But then the, the next day may be hell because of it. Sure. You know, and for me, I don't know if it's my addictive personality, but for me then, I'm chasing the high. It's like, wait a minute, I felt like I was at home last night when I had that really good hydroponic weed and everything was right and I was with my friends and we were on this riff about, you know, karaoke being evil and God, it was so intensified with the booze and the weed and I was really free but then the next day, you can't – can you just smoke all the fucking time? You know, right. it's like if you need something – That's when I, t- when I took mushrooms the first time. My first question was, is it possible to take a small amount of this every day? Yes, yeah. of course. And they were like, no. <laughs> and they were like, no. Well, I remember bo- reading about this guy. I think he was like a 14th century guy who was doing opium. Maybe, maybe – a little later in the 14th century, but he was doing well. He did it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. He was an addict, kept doing it, kept doing it. He could, he died an addict because when he was off it, and he would verbalize this, he was very truthful about it. He was like, everything's so fucking mundane, I can't take it. Really? Because he got so used to the high of the, of the opium. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, yeah, so if you're if you're constantly getting high on weed or booze or whatever the fuck it is, right. what you do, and I think I did this to myself because I was a big pothead, I fucked up my brain chemistry because I would get so high and joyful and manic on weed or, you know, and then I, and then it would come down and I'd be kind of pissed off that I wasn't there, yeah. and then I'd smoke again, and it was up and down, up and down, up yeah, and down, yeah, up and yeah, down, yeah. and boozers are even worse. Yeah. Which is which is you know my 
advice of choice. No. Oh, is it? I, I that physiol that that just physically fucks you up. I think. No. Yeah. 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 Alcohol just destroys you. I know. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. No, I'm not talking about you. No. I'm talking about I'm how only saying just, that because you feel it, right? Like you're a guy who's totally in touch with their 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 yeah. body, I would think. Yeah. And I mean, if you party three nights in a row, oh, yeah. it's like, okay. No, no, no. I, I I you know, it's like you oftentimes I drink like you'll eat a piece of salami because you're like, it's communal. And I'll drink because the people I'm with are drinking or whatever. I know, like, you know, I do feel like that is a rough thing, like I feeling like you know, when people are like, hey, you, what do you drink, man? Because this happened in Australia, and it always happens to me wherever I'm going. Oh, the guy on the plane was like, oh, I came that's over. Guy, yeah. And he was like, yeah. do you drink? Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting next to the only sober yeah. comedian. I was like, uh, but I don't even give a shit anymore. But but some comic in Australia was like, what are you having? What are you having? He was, he was all lit up already. And I was like, and I was like, cranberry club soda? And that bummed him out. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, what can you do? And it would have bummed me out if you hadn't eaten some of that delicious salami. Even though pigs are more intelligent than uh, dogs and three-year-old children. Jesus, that fucks But then I up. said to you, I go, Eddie, this one's already dead. I know. This one's, this already, one's dead. already dead. You can't save this one. Ah, oh, you're right about that. Just, just eat it. You're right about Honor that. its death with deliciousness. And I think most people feel that way. If they brought a pig to the table and said, do you want this pig or I can let it out the back, most people are going to pass on the bacon. That's true. That's true. But in, unfortunately, we've taken meat to a place where... You never see any of the process. That's that's what it is, by the way. So that's why people and you know one thing that's influenced me when people see slaughterhouse videos. Yeah. By the way, no, nobody watches it because they can't. No, no, I can't watch that. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to watch because I can't. Stop. Oh, they're brutal. I can't stop masturbating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, those have been some of my biggest orgasms <laughs> when cows Look at are the hanging. despair. <laughs> no, it's horrible. Everybody knows it's horrible. That yeah. I, I don't think you'll meet a more almost beautiful visionary than a guy who works in a slaughterhouse because he knows just how full of shit everybody is. He's like, Ooh. I am waist deep in the blood of what you're waist eating all day. And you just go around ordering at McDonald's. I pass McDonald's and the chicken is so white and perfect that my children's children will have no, no idea where a chicken's breast is. It's just like that's chicken, mm-hmm. even though it's probably a, a thousand chickens pressed into the shape of one chicken. Yeah. Uh, we talk about nutrition a lot. You're going to have to trust me. We, we don't have to get into this because we've talked about veganism a lot. But I feel good. You good? Yeah. Oh, shit. I just did Marin's thing. Are we good? Uh- <laughs> I never for a second thought we weren't good. No, I'm I'm great. Well, Eddie, this was fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you, Pete, for having me. Oh uh, well, I particularly like exploring my mother's manic depression. Yes, and some uh, of the highlights. Uh, also, uh, loving audiences versus audiences who who don't know you. Those were my favorites. <laughs> uh, I think we should be uh, uh, in the world, but not of it. And uh, yes. I, and we'll uh, continue to uh, look for Christ in a non-conventional <laughs> Remember, our sponsors are Love Wins by Rob Bell. I Can't Believe My Life Has Come to This by Dr. Gary Penn. And, of course, the movie The Bitter Buddha with Eddie Pepitone. Eddie, thank you so much. We always thank ask you. our guests to say, keep it crispy at the end of the program. Would you mind giving us an Eddie Pepitone, keep it crispy? Hey, everybody. If there's one thing you should do, it's keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> Children tell me to settle down. <laughs> Thank you very much, Eddie. Thank
Thank you. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.